Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where John always p- presses the button before we're done with whatever tangent we're talking about. <laughs> because it's gonna, I'm it, Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm going to make you go, because if I don't, we'll be here for 45 more minutes. You didn't even tell me how you liked your chocolate martini. It's delicious. It is pretty I'm good. I'm Tony. <laughs> no, I think he was like... No, I, I got the coffee with two shots of Bailey's in it. Ooh, I'm good. All right. Tony's going to be the only sober one. <laughs> Welcome Bye. back. On this podcast, we talk about stuff unrelated to a movie, and we also pick a movie, and then we talk about it. Randomly, we'll talk about some movie. What are we doing? It's my mm. pick for Tony's birthday. It's my birthday. This week on the podcast, Elaine's pick. I yeah, we're past that. Interspace. <laughs> 1987's Interspace. Isn't it inner space, not interspace? It's in, yes, it is inner space. I N N E R S P A C E. Inner, yeah. <laughs> not inter. Well, he's also inter the space. Like, yeah, but it you, could be inter. It's not. Inter is a prefix that means inside. Yes, but and it's he's not. inside the space of Martin Short's body. Still not. Not with a kick. So I know we don't always do thoughts going in, but. You have thoughts? I really did not know what this movie was about. We've <laughs> talked about it before. And in the beginning, I really didn't understand how Martin Short's character was even involved in this. <laughs> did you? So you didn't know the machine shrank or anything? No. You were just like, you thought he was like a test pilot When she was like, what are you doing with bunnies? I was like, what is he doing with bunnies? <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that. They don't. What are they doing with bunnies? <laughs> because some of the equipment in this ship later, I'm like... Are you going to do this to a bunny? <laughs> yeah, change his facial features. Yeah. There are lots so, of questions here. Yeah. Oh, well, I got a big a big question. I'm wondering if, if anybody else caught it. But we'll, we'll wait till we get to that. There was an interesting scene that I'm like, did that just happen? And then I rewound it. Wow. Okay. I, question, how did this get made? <laughs> no, like, but I, I do. Like I also have a thing where I'm like, we're just not talking in that that. About this? <laughs> hey, why don't we get to it so we can get to there? All right. Well, this movie's from 1987, like I said. It has a 66 Metacritic score with a 6.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It has an 82 thermometer wow. and a 65 audience score. People love this say, movie. I was going to say. It won the 1988 Oscar for Best uh, Visual Effects. Miriam did it. And it had a budget of $27 million and grossed $25. I was going to say, did anybody see this? All right, so the few people who saw it loved it. Yeah. I was laughing. Apparently, anybody who saw it loved it. It's about 87. Including me and Tony. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, thank you. 87. Um, So this was. I remember the commercial for this. Mm hmm. I do not. I reviewed. Do you want to hear them? I'm possessed. Yeah. Was it the scene where his face turns into the cowboy's face? No. No, it's just the when he starts freaking out. I have two reviews. No. The first review is one out of ten. From Rob, Terminator best film in 80s. He says, oh my God, the 80s dance music is really bad. Please don't watch this film for your own good. Meg Ryan is very fit. But this is the only advantage this appalling movie has to offer. There's what? no way Dennis Quaid makes up for the lack of decent actors. The others are like puppets. First of all, let me address the, mu- the music in this movie. Um, the featured songs are by 60s icon Sam Cooke. Yep. Fuck you, Rob, who doesn't know what great music is. Also, if anyone's fit in this movie, it's Dennis Quaid. Yeah. Meg Ryan is just skinny as a rail, like always. I don't know. <laughs> I got 
gotta agree with Carly here. His tuchus was tight. Let's be real. Yeah, it was <laughs> taunt. He was tight like a tiger. Did like, you see them cakes? I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> this no, is even better, actually. though. <laughs> okay. You think he had a butt double? I don't know. I don't that know. He's pretty a, ripped. I think pretty that was his butt. <laughs> it was the 80s. It was probably his butt. That was before people were concerned about people seeing the real butts. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, did they do butt doubles in the 80s? Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing Al Pacino's butt movie. I mean, Beast um, Master had that taint double. Nah, that was real taint. <laughs> and taint nothing made up about that. All right, on counterpoint, I ten out of ten by Bevo dash one three six seven eight. Bevo, well, that's not a bot. <laughs> no, well, this is even Whip better. This Whip is a one good. sentence review. Ten yeah. out of ten. I think this was really good, but I might have mixed it up with another movie. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's, I, such, I, that's I, such a mean I, thing to do. That's a 10 out of 10. What? Were you drunk? I want to tell people, it's like, Why you know, would you this give, isn't mandatory. That should you don't be have to leave a review. Like, five. <laughs> Why would you give this review? It's such a... I, I have I mean, lots of questions, the, and they all review... Revolve around this guy's review. Half the reviews we read, though, is just like, why did you leave a review? I gave up after five minutes. Then you don't get to leave a review. The guy that left the one-star review, I was curious, so I looked how many reviews he left. Yeah. Four. Wow. This was the first one ever. He wrote two, he reviewed two Star Wars movies the day after, and then his fourth review was for the movie Bound, and that was two months later, and he hasn't reviewed anything since. But not Terminator. Best no. movie of the 80s. <laughs> yeah, right. so he Do you think he was a time traveler and went back in time? He created an account to review this movie, though. Maybe they Because maybe that was the mom. earliest yeah. review he ever gave was for this movie. So he created an account just because he had something to say about it. <laughs> That's conviction, though. Yeah. I, I wouldn't do that. No. I have lots of things to say, but if I... If I was going to do that for a movie, it would have been uh, Jack Frost, too. That's the movie for that... Elaine. It would be not the gentleman. Oh, what's that movie that you hate because it's gross? Slither. Slither. <laughs> I don't know if that's the only reason she hates it. Or maybe it be Jason Triple X because the nipples fell off, and I want to talk about it. Mm. That's favorite scene when the nipples fell off. It's, and that's it's, just it's the one sentence review. We haven't seen that again. We've seen plenty of people pissing on stuff. There's plenty of times where I have thoughts, but <laughs> that's kind of why we have a podcast. Uh, this was directed. By really? Joe Dante. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast from Gremlins 1 and 2 and the Burbs. Oh. That Burbs. Elaine favorite director. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this was written. He's good. There's two writers credited on this. Uh, the one writer, Chip Prozer, who's only written, uh, credited for writing four movies. Um, this one, uh, one other movie I'd never heard of, and then two like uh, science documentaries. Okay. So I feel like this was his idea. Perhaps. And he kind of wrote a spec strip. And then the second guy, Jeffrey Bohm, came in and wrote the real script. He is credited for writing The Lost Boys, Funny Farm, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Lethal Weapon 2 and 3, and is uncredited on Lethal Weapon 1. The Phantom, with Billy Zane. Mm. Um, and he is the creator and director of 27 episodes of Briscoe, uh, The Adventures of Briscoe <laughs> County Jr., which was a good, great show. <laughs> a good, great show. It was all right. But that's it was, pretty, it was that's a not a bad uh, that's not a bad uh, resume. These are some it was good better movies. than Xena. Lost Boys? Yeah, there's some I good mean, stuff. Iconic. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, that's John's favorite Indiana Jones movie. It is. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. On a P. Really? Yep. That's Sean. an odd uh, 
Oh, you said Last Crusade? Yeah. Last Crusade. Oh, no, no, yes, yes. <laughs> I was, no, I was thinking you, Temple of Doom. Did you think I said Crystal Skull? No, I thought Temple of Doom. I was like, that's not the one people go for. But Temple John, of John Doom is a unique stuff constellation of, of events. I was like, I really want to know why you think that. But I was like, oh, Last Crusade. No, that is the best one. <laughs> Never mind. Like, what got you there? Sean Connery. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. It's a really well, then your numbers are off. I like Raiders a lot, but yeah, Sean Connery kind of pushes me. So I was at work the other day, and... They were mm-hmm. ta- and some of the people were talking. They had never seen Die Hard three. Okay, I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, what? You saw Die Hard. You saw Die Hard two. It was like, oh, I'm good here. <laughs> Didn't see Die, Die Hard, Hard 3. two. Soured them so much that they were interested in what Samuel and L. Jackson had to offer. I was like, you need to go home and watch Die Hard three. Yeah. Then stop. You can skip two and see three. Like, don't yeah. watch four. I like five. four. Let, it's no, a fire like sale. No, you let that go. No, I like it. But you must watch three. Three is amaze balls. Tony and I have been watching a lot of Brooklyn Nine-Nine lately, and mm-hmm. uh, what's his name? Oh, Peralta. It's always talking about it's Die Hard. loves Die Hard's favorite movie ever. And recently, one of those, All he said talk. somebody, it's going to be fine. And he's like, I want to trust you, but that's what you said about Die Hard 5. I'll tell you what, I have never seen a full episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine. And I have always thought that that was a show I would enjoy, but I have never watched it. Andy Samberg, <laughs> that's his name. Mm-hmm. That show looks funny. Last season. There's always that scene where it's it's re- it is very good until the last season. Last season mm-hmm. pops up where the guy was killing someone or to Backstreet Boys on yeah. Oh yeah, like that's that like comes on favorite every once in a while. It's like the most famous scene from that show ever. It's, it's like I want to watch this. But it's not all like that. Mm-hmm. Tell me why. Maybe maybe I'll watch it. But their Someday captain, I, I never know. love him. Yeah, the captain. <laughs> when I hear that song, I think of Bob Saget. That's the uh, African American gentleman, isn't it? Yes, from all the memes that yes. recently He's, passed away. Hey, want to talk about Inner Space? I guess. Uh, it's starring Dennis Quaid as Lieutenant Tuck Pendleton. Uh, Dennis Quaid. Welcome back to the podcast, the name Tuck. This is some of my favorite Dennis Quaid movies, In Good Company, uh, The Day After Tomorrow, Dragonheart, Great Balls of Fire, Enemy Mine, <laughs> Something to Talk About, and The Rookie, where he plays a 40-year-old baseball rookie. It's fun. I remember watching. He's not a Welcome Back. Um, no, <laughs> he's not a good actor, and is not in very many good movies. <laughs> no. but I remember watching movies, Big Balls of Fire. The I first enjoy, time thinking, but if Elaine likes a movie, that don't make it good. <laughs> and he good, was the killer. So. In Good Company is really good, though. Enemy Mine's good. You ever I don't seen know that? that I, I don't recall that movie. It's uh, it that way. lizard people and humans are in space fighting each other, and uh, something happens, mm-hmm. and a lizard person and a and Dennis Quaid crash. It's Lugasis Jr. They crash mm-hmm. and they're going to kill each other, but then they're stuck, so they end up becoming friends and trying Startling to Startling reveal that Lugasis Jr. Is a li- has been a lizard person yeah. this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's good for back then. I don't know now. You might watch it now and be like, this is fucking well, <laughs> Let's get started. Let's then we up. have the character oh. of Jack, played by Martin Short. Welcome back. To Welcome back to the podcast Captain from Ron. my last pick, Treasure Planet. <laughs> oh, yes, right, too. And, and Captain Ron, I'm glad you remember it, father of the bride, and, of course, maybe someday, Three Amigos. Hmm. Martin Short. You guys are the best gang. Thank you, Waffle. I really like Martin Short, but he's really not in that many things either. He does a lot of voice work. Would you say you have a So you often chickens? hear him yes, in boss, yeah, doing voiceover chickens. work, but, like, as it's a live action, dogs. he's not in a lot of stuff. Then we have Meg Ryan, who plays Lydia. Uh, very famous, of course, from You've Got Mail, When Harry Met Sally, Sleeps in Seattle. She's been on before? Yes, from Kate and Leopold. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Joe versus the Volcano. That's a great one. Mm-hmm. That luggage, everywhere we go, we're taking this luggage. And a movie John watched recently, 
IQ, where she plays Albert Einstein's niece. <laughs> yeah. It's IQ? enjoyable. IQ. Thank you. It's got Tim Robbins plays like a regular mechanic and um, what's his Walter name? Walter Matthau is Albert Einstein. Yeah. Yeah. And hilarity ensues. It's fairly entertaining. It's better than it has any right is to be. Is it a newer movie? No. That came yeah. out like 92. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Then we have... Uh, you saw Einstein? So you must have just missed it. Yeah. Then we have some other... Like, those are the only really famous people in here. Uh, the character of Ozzy is played by John Cora, who is kind of notable as he was a director of photography... This is, he's only acting like this movie, but he was a longtime director of photography, and he worked on all kinds of really good crap. The girl um, from Safeway is from the Burbs. Yes, also and Mr. So Warm, the Boss. Mr. Yeah. The Boss is Henry Gibson, of course, from the Burbs and Gremlins too. What about the cowboy? Um, the cowboy is, is Robert Picardo, who is from Star Trek Voyager, Gremlins, the Burbs. Um, he was also in Oh God, You Devil. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the old God was. We should do like a whole more thing. interesting than that. Oh, um, the time. gentleman that plays Victor Scrimshaw, Kevin McCarthy, was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That was his most famous movie. That must be you movie. are. Um, he was in both versions, the original and the remake. Really? Yes. I mean, he was old. No, I don't. <laughs> yeah, but he was in both. He, played, he was well, in both. like seven mm. versions of it. And then, um, Mr. Igo is played by Vernon Wells. Now, welcome back to the podcast from the movie. Red Snow. <laughs> he was a vampire hunter. Oh my god, he was! <laughs> he was in Weird Science. Carly right? just he was realized. in Weird Science. <laughs> yeah. And he was also in Commando, yep. Space Truckers, and Mad Max 2, The Road, say, Road Warriors. Yeah. The character he played in Weird Science was, was from, Mad, from Max. Mad Max. <laughs> yes. and that's Only they couldn't call him the same thing. They called him the general. On your head. In the Weird Science, he's billed as the general. Yeah, but it was, but it was the same character, was but wasn't. Wink, wink. <laughs> because I was looking. You never know who you're going to come across on some of these movies that are a little bit older and some of the, like the guy from the Invasion How of the Body How would you like all your friends to know But when I came to him, on his, your head. Like, it's funny, because you know how when you see... When you click on them, there's a little thumbnail that says what they're best known for. Yeah. And it was Mad Max and Red Snow. And I was like, what the fuck? Without wearing your jeans. Well known for Red Snow? How is that possible? Well, I mean, (laughs) I think it's one of his bigger roles. John Hughes is in his Well, and this, like this, uh, this popped up too, but like they too, you see like three. Now, do you think Weird Science and Ferris Bueller are better than the Molly Ringwald movies? No. I don't. I like Ferris Bueller. Uh, weird Science But I've is never not, uh, seen not Weird a, Science. I love Weird Science. <laughs> I John Carly's never seen Weird Science. Get out. <laughs> what, uh, what, what I thought maybe that might... That's what the John? straw that broke the camel's back. <laughs> <Which, laughs> I saw him next to that. Uh, 16 Candles and uh, Pretty Pink. Oh, Breakfast, Breakfast Club. Club. Yeah, sorry. I almost forgot Breakfast Club. <laughs> There's a Ringwald trilogy. Yeah. Shit. The best movie out of those five... Ferris Bueller. Ferris Bueller. Yeah. And Breakfast Club... I guess. I think Breakfast Club is the best movie. I'd have to rewatch. Really? I think Breakfast Club is the best movie, but my favorite movie is 16 Candles. I'd have to rewatch 16 Candles. I've seen that. I think I might agree with you. I think the Breakfast Club is a better movie. It just, overall, it's a better movie. It's a great movie. I don't think that, like, the things that make a movie a movie. But what I personally like more is 16 Candles. But it's not a better movie. That movie is terrible. I, I think I agree with you. that I prefer 16 Candles, but I recognize that it's not as good. And I don't think that Weird Science is definitely not as good as The Breakfast Club. I don't think anything's as good as Ferris Bueller, i got to be honest with you. Ferris Bueller is good. Great. But I think I would 
prefer the Breakfast Club. Matthew I Bro- think Matthew Broderick and Don Cheen and Twist and Shout. I think Ferris Bueller is a little bit fantastical. Yeah, <laughs> that makes the Breakfast Club a better movie. And, mm-hmm. and so was the fact that uh, Molly Ringwald ends up with um, what's his name, Judd. Um, I was Why? Say Judd Nelson? Hot chicks always date bad boys. Yeah, constantly throughout history. And that is the movie where they gave us the term "hot beef injection." Now there's no way there's no way that that relationship and could lasted. You describe the ruckus. <laughs> you describe the ruckus, sir. Which is such a great. Then again, when um, um Jennifer Grey kicks Ed Rooney in the face, <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, but there's there's elements of Ferris uh, you know what? There's only one way to, to decide. We we'll right, have to have. Uh, uh, Stop no. the podcast. We have to have a, a movie off. Like when uh, you're at work, t- when you're at work tomorrow, I'm gonna watch all the John Hughes movies. All of them. All, all of them. Wow. The, all, the, all of those. You don't have enough time. I don't go to work that long. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna come back and you might be able to get three of them. I only work nine hours. <laughs> I can't get all the maybe John Hughes. Maybe Anthony maybe Michael Hall's gonna come over and give me some insight. Is <laughs> he's in all of those? No, he's not in. Um, Could you get his First autograph for me? No. He's not in Ferris Bueller. Damn it. If, that, I had, if I had a pair of pink polka dot underpants, I would get Anthony Michael Hall to, to autograph them. <laughs> because my favorite scene in 16 Candles is when he comes out of the bathroom and holds up the underwear. <laughs> as if that's some sign that he had sex with that chick. It's the dumbest shit. He didn't shit. just bring a pair of underpants or <laughs> steal them from his works. sister. A guy would never lie about that kind of thing. Oh, I'm sure. But there's just something so ridiculous. Hey, can we talk about inter, like inner space? I was going to say interspace. 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 Uh-huh. Into the that. spaces. Can we enter this fucking movie? Sure. We have credits. Hmm. The, and then we. Well, oh, the 80s. Yeah, yeah it's a long credit sequence. Because it was the 80s. You had to before and after. Yeah. Now you don't have to. And then we open on at a military tribute dinner to test pilots. It's a very fancy event. There's lots of guys in uniform. And we are introduced to tr- Tuck, and he is fucking drunk. <laughs> Tuck like, is fuck. Falling down, shit-faced drunk, looking for the bathroom, can't find it. Tries to go into the kitchen. Where's it can? And gets kicked out in right at the end of the opening speech or whatever. And he causes a big scene. A ruckus? Yes. <laughs> Insults a bunch of the other officers and pilots that are there. And, and falls into the table. He's an asshole. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, They drag him into the kitchen and proceed to uh, beat the shit out of him. This fight is broken up by Pete, who is a acquaintance of Tux, who is now retired. And he asks, you know, Tuck recognizes him. He's like, where's your uniform? He's like, in my closet, where yours should be. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it will be soon. <laughs> so Tuck is giving up this life. Then uh, we're also introduced to Lydia, um, the beautiful Meg Ryan, who's very cute in here. This is before she had that whatever weird thing happen to her face. <laughs> this is way before that. Yeah. This is back when she was attractive. <laughs> and, she was a um, bit of a hottie. She seems to be some sort of reporter. A hottie patati. But she has to leave to go get Tuck's drunk mm-hmm. ass and take him home. It's a hot toddy. Ooh, we can make a drink called a hottie patati. I don't want to. Why not? Because I don't want to. Fine. Was gonna what have, would you put in it? Um, coffee and Bailey's Irish cream. 
I think that's already a thing. <laughs> Probably. I believe that's just an Irish coffee. <laughs> oh, an Irish coffee. And one. And a Hershey's kiss on it. Yeah. Oh, that's what makes it special. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> completely different now. I don't think I need a Hershey's kiss because I use chocolate babies. Like, din, 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 din. See, it's completely different. Yeah, totally. But they seem to be, Lydia and Tuck seem to be on again, off again. Yes. In a yes, but she's still sleeping. Non-committed relationship. Well, she's they an go idiot. back to Tuck's apartment, and mm. Lydia apparently hasn't been there in a while because she asks about the rabbit pictures, and he tells her that it's just something new he's involved in. I thought he said his name Tony is Tuck, goes, and he's here to fuck. I'm I think he's a up. pilot because <laughs> everything in his apartment or his house or whatever. Oh, no, I was joking. Is all planes. I was like, you think he's a pilot? He has like SR-71 posters over the whole wall. <laughs> Actually, thank po- God, because Carly had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> his little models are like, we get it, dude. You're a pilot. Um, And then she's like, oh, so you resigned your commission for rabbits. And he's like, yes. <laughs> and... um. She's like, I'm going home. <laughs> and he's like, don't leave. And he turns on Cupid by Sam Cooke. And this is apparently their song. And he does a ridiculous dance. And this convinces her to stay and have sex with him. Evidently, her. it's her kryptonite. Yes. Well, Sam Cooke, I mean, <laughs> he's a wonderful singer. He's a great singer. Um, in the morning, she attempts to sneak out. and uh, But her cab driver honks his horn, even though she specifically said no. And Tuck comes running after him. And he's like, where are you going? And she's like, didn't you read my note? And he apparently did. <laughs> so he got out of the shower and read her note and then ran outside, I guess. With a with the bed sheet wrapped around him? Because she can't leave. Yeah. But her note said that she's dumping him. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, leaving you. See ya. He's like, no, don't leave me. And she's like, I can't do this anymore. It hurts me too much to see you this way. Make me too sad. And... She seems to be having, I don't, I'm, I'm going to say a, like, we know why later that she's leaving him, but, mm-hmm. like, they have this on again, off again, but she's like, it just makes me so sad to look at you, but why would he make her sad? He should just be pissing her off. We don't really get his situation, and they should have, they should have put that down a little bit. We know that he doesn't treat them as exclusive when they're together because she knows about the suitcase. But I mean, well, <laughs> but I, mean I thought I'm, the suitcase was in case he got so drunk he blacked out. Well, she said it was in case he woke up somewhere. He should, I thought that was for ladies. <laughs> I thought it was because he was such a drunk that he would just wake up and not know. I think he was drinking like that because he knows he's about to go into this special mission where he's being miniaturized. He's probably going to die. He didn't seem concerned about that at all. <laughs> yeah, I assure you, ma'am, he is concerned about it. Well, she, he's like, he wants her to stay, and she says no and leaves. Um, and then we get a little thing that says Silicon Valley two months later. So it's two months before he even gets miniaturized. Which um, means they hadn't perfected it yet. And then... We see Jack at the doctor, which seems strange right yeah, after the Silicon Marcus. Valley hmm. blurb. Yes. I said this is the third movie she's done where someone shrinks on it. Next it is the third movie I've done. Gonna I was do, going to talk about that. Next she's going to do The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Go for the four. I actually was thinking about, I was when I was doing my notes yesterday, I meant to write that down. This is the third movie I've done where somebody shrinks and I should do The Incredible Shrinking Woman. It's the only other one I can think of. Yeah. Although I could do Alice in Wonderland. But then we meet Jack. He's at the doctor. He seems to be a bit of a hypochondriac with a super high level of anxiety. 
Uh, Jack describes a reoccurring nightmare that, that he's been having to his doctor. Go ask Alice. Doom, 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 doom. Are you done? Nope. Because when you're <laughs> talking and somebody else is talking, it's hard to hear when for our listeners on the podcast. It mm. comes out all garbled. So if you're going to continue to sing, I'll wait. I don't want you to miss this opportunity. Ooh, she's doing to like be the musical. teacher thing. Oh. It was a ball. <laughs> Sorry. I don't think you are. Nope. <laughs> I'm always on point for some Sweeney Todd. Ew. I was talking about it at work today. I was listening to it yesterday. My coworker, Doug, he says he likes musicals. I'm like, have you seen Sweeney Todd? He's like, no. I'm like, well, motherfucker, leave now. <laughs> Get out. I'm sorry, Doug likes musicals? Yes. Which musicals? Um, what did we talk about? Oh, Mean Girls. Mean Girls is a musical? Is yes. that a musical? Because it they do one now. dance? No, they're musical. Uh, There's a, a new one. Version of it. The, so oh. Mean Girls definitely was a musical. Then they made the movie in the 2000s. But that was based off of the musical. Now the new oh, one is oh, a musical. So okay. the movie is based off an actual musical. Right. Okay. So, and then it went full circle. <laughs> and uh, Just like, Mean Girls. That's like, the only, he likes musicals and the only one he mentioned is Mean Girls? Yeah. Interesting. It was like, Sweeney Todd, dude. Go fucking get a clue. Maybe he doesn't... At least Little Shop Horrors. Right? I mean, <laughs> Grease. Grease. <laughs> fucking West Side Story, motherfucker. Let's go. Seven Brothers for Seven Brothers? No, we ain't going courting. <laughs> Oklahoma? No. I heard that's okay. The the story with the pretty little fringe on top? Singing in the rain? Chicago? (laughs) My Fair Lady? What about that movie? Eurotrip. Not Eurotrip. Eurovision. What's it called? I want to say The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, but I know that's a TV show. The something. Millie. Millie. Modern Millie? The third. (laughs) Oh, man. I need to pick that on the podcast. No, you don't. Keep going. Yeah, I do. Okay. So Jack's at the doctor. He seems to be a bit of a hypochondriac with a super high level of anxiety. He describes a, n- a recurring nightmare that he's been having. And his doctor tells him that he needs to relax and prescribes a vacation with no excitement whatsoever. Uh, then we are in a car. And uh, Pete, the gentleman from the that broke up the fight, Pete, is Pete, meeting Bobby. with this other gentleman who I refer to in my notes as the money man. But he seems to be the head of this company that's funding this experiment, and he's talking Pete uh, to Pete vaguely about this experimental project, and if it everything goes to sh- to plan, they're I guess they're trying to sell it to Pete, perhaps, which makes me think that Pete maybe works for the government as a civilian now, and heads up research and development. They're very unclear. Yeah, it's... this this could not be vaguer. <laughs> they they could not leave matter. out more details <laughs> and still make a complete sentence. Back in the day when you when you wrote stories like this, that was the part that people didn't care about. Nowadays they're like, wait, 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 who's this fucking guy work for? And what part of you know yeah, which military <laughs> which governmental branch DARPA? is he attached to? Yeah. yeah. Back Who's then they're paying like, for this? Some guy wants to shrink stuff. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. okay, sure. Like, I don't care about that. I care about Dennis and uh the funniest thing is because there's no congressman or anything involved mm-hmm. in this either, and there's usually a random yeah. congressman. Um, he uh, Pete asks about who the pilot is, and the money man tells him that they got this great pilot and tells him about Tuck. And then Pete is like, that guy is a piece of shit. <laughs> but don't worry, I don't believe this is going to work anyway, so it's going to be a long before this guy fucks it up for you. Um, then we're at the lab. Tuck is being examined one last time by Ozzy, the doctor in charge. They only call him Ozzy. You'd think they would call him Doctor something. Which is also silly 
a little bit because you know how many times you would test this before you put him in there? You would test this on every fucking animal you could find. You know, it'd be dogs, cats, birds, fish. Before sticking down. Well, I'm sure they've tested it. This is just. But the it was first like, I don't that... think it's gonna work. And I'm like, well, what do we? What do you think they're doing in there? Like you've seen it. And I'm sorry, a bunch this would have been gigantic news by oh, now. Oh yeah, yeah. You wouldn't. You wouldn't be able to classify this. Yeah. As soon as they shrunk something, they're like, all right, shrink it again, and it would have been everywhere. Yeah. Well, do you know why it'd be worth billions? This would be a Los Alamos Oppenheimer thing, where it's like oh. we built this city that you can't leave, and you live here with your families like, because nobody's this keeping city. this under wraps. Well, one of the through lines Rack of ages. is that they. You're you're right. That's another great one. You should text it to Doug. Um, <laughs> Doug's phone's blowing up. Just just random musicals. Yeah. That's funny. Um, I'm going to. You should what put about, in there uh, Brigadoon. Yeah, yeah, ding dong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, um, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, part of the through line here is that it's easy to shrink stuff, but it's the de-shrinking that's been the problem. Mm-hmm. So other companies have shrunk things. Yeah, they do. They, do they just can't that. They can't get enlarge them big again. it. Which what like sure it's great I can shrink this but if I can't make it big again then it's really not that cool. I mean it's still pretty good. You can still make supercomputers and great energy things and stuff like that. It's I don't just, know. You find some of the giant tumor gone. Yeah. Even if you couldn't shrink the living things, it's still a quadrillion dollar yeah. business. Well, how many buddies have they killed trying to shrink? <laughs> you know what? If there's a giant army coming at you, gone. <laughs> well, how long did it take them to figure out that they needed a second chip in a pod? Mm-hmm. Okay, there's so a little dark, dark. There's dark a bunch prequel. of little. There's a bunch of little bunnies that get vanished. There's a dark people to this movie. People got bunnies floating through their bloodstreams and shit. Well, the funniest, well, the weirdest thing is, it was so upsetting seeing Ant Man when he used the tiny little lambs. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made me think about Test that. Two forty-seven, two forty-seven, or whatever it was. How many lambs yeah. did you kill, dude? It's not quite as upsetting when it's bunnies. No. Still upsetting, but not quite. Um, every today's the day of their big experiment. Everybody's wishing Chuck good luck. There is a camera recording everything for posterity. Lots of weird technical jargon, robot, random robotics and computer stuff. They've really laid on all of the nonsense for the eighties audience. I really want you to believe this. They could not make Tech. it look more. Technolo- technologically advanced for the 80s and less technologically advanced for <laughs> yeah. us. That's true. None of this shit holds up. But um, he gets in the pod and everything is go and the pod is shrunk to microscopic size. Now, to get the pod and put in a syringe, to get the pod into a syringe, they shrink it and then they vacuum it out and put him in a syringe with a bunch of dust? That sucks. Question mark? Also, the amount of... I kept telling Carly, it's like, we got this, we're going to put it in the syringe. And they fill a syringe with water. And it's like, you're going to shoot that much water into a bunny rabbit? Like, it seems yeah, like a lot of a water. a lot of liquid. It seems like a lot of water for this bunny to take in. Also, I just thought about this. It's microscopic, but mm-hmm. at the end, he can see it on the dude's glasses. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, he gets special... He says, give me he the gets, thing. He yeah, the, but he's like, Wait! Yeah, I but think he, I see it. Well, and yeah. <laughs> well, he's just being hopeful at that point. Well, he puts on the whatever. But they call it's them. really funny because when they call Oz, them, like oculators yes. or something, <laughs> when they check the the syringe, you can like Oz puts it in the microscope or whatever, 
And he can see <laughs> Dennis Quaid in the pod. Yeah. He's like, well, really the windows aren't stained red, so that's a good sign. Just as they are successful, though. Just just moments. The facility is infiltrated. There's a word for that. That's Carly. amazing. Thank you. <laughs> now, I'm unsure whether they murdered everybody or not. Well, they didn't because they were at the end. Right? They gassed them. They gassed Yeah, them. they got a weird... Yeah, I was like, Tony, what are they doing? Was like, he was like, it's not gas. <laughs> Bullshit. I mean, we got things shrinking. I know. And, but this, this kind this of pulled me out. I was like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. <laughs> so they, they sprayed them all as if they were insects on a bush. Yeah. I was, was like, are they gas. shooting them with fire extinguishers? <laughs> I don't understand. And right as Ozzy prepares to inject Bugs the Rabbit, poor Bugs, he's interrupted by our bad guys. And he hides. Um, but he can't stay quiet. No. Well, <laughs> our, our bad guys come in, and one of them takes off their accoutrement, and it's revealed that it is Dr. Margaret. She has a last name, but she's just Dr. Margaret in my notes. Uh, Dr. Hot Pants, perhaps. Yeah. And um, she's like, what primitive technology? But she goes and she takes the um, one microchip. But... As Carly said, Ozzy could not keep quiet, and he makes noise, and she finds him. And he goes, Dr. Margaret? And apparently they know each other. Mm-hmm. So perhaps she slept with him to get insider information. This is what yeah. I'm going to assume. Cause because we never learn anything else, and she's not familiar nope. to anyone else. <laughs> and the only things we know about her is she's a doctor and likes to have sex. Yes. And you know what? Those it, are her character traits. You know, this movie, they they may have had a longer version that explained a lot of this, and they're like, dude, just cut this shit down to, what is it, an hour and 45 or something? It's an Well, it's two hours long. Okay. It's an hour and, like, 57 minutes. Mm. I mean, of course, there's two sequences of credits. <laughs> but... So. It's a long movie, especially for the eighties. And I mean, so they had to cut out details like, how do they know each and other? It doesn't really and how take, come nobody else knows her? <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't really take that long to get going. You well, know. I could have done without the scene of her and Mister Iago having sex and giving me a two more lines here. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, right now. But Ozzy spies the syringe on the tray and grabs it and makes a run for it because he's. Uh, go- I will say sorry. At this point, though, I'm going, seriously, how is Martin Short involved in this movie? <laughs> it's been a long time since we saw him. <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell? He doesn't fit in this at all. <laughs> like you said, it doesn't take long to get going. But I'm sitting there going, are we going to get going? How is he even in this? <laughs> Well, no, there's a chase. <laughs> Somehow Ozzy makes it out of the building without getting gassed by the ten guys who have gas. Yeah. But and there are some convenient escapes where they don't try <laughs> to stop you in this movie. Margaret, it's amazing. Margaret radios Mr. Igo and tells him to stop Ozzy. They need that syringe. And um, Ozzy runs on foot and Mr. Iago chases him in the car and miraculously, Ozzy is able to run, outrun a car, jump in some on a fence, then into some bushes, then grab a bike, and take that bike all the way to the local mall. <laughs> they almost invented drifting in this movie on a few occasions, because these Volvos are like sliding around like Jesus. And I'm thinking, this dude, if he had a chance, 
would have run him over. And then what? The syringe breaks open, and now you have to find a microscopic pod? <laughs> well, there's not very much there. It's in the bushes. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> right? Well, I would say there's probably not too much of a chance that you could damage a microscopic metal pod. But you have to find you it. Know, you could lose it, though. Once you that, break if, that if syringe. Because if you run over this doctor, it's breaking that syringe. That's true. Well, we'll get there. Would it react to like a metal detector? <laughs> but he goes into the local mall. Also, in the local mall is Jack. Hey. Yeah. He is at the travel agency booking a vacation. He is taking What's a Jack's cruise. last name? Is it Mehoff, his last name? No, it's, pu- it's Putter. Putter. That's it. I thought it was Mehoff. Sorry. Like, which putter are you using today? <laughs> what are you, 15? <laughs> what? The best and- part is John's going to live with this. <laughs> And he's going to laugh. And he's going to laugh so hard. And then he's probably going to rewind it and do it again. Hey, I don't know what you're talking about. And anyways, so... One of our daughters still listening. (laughs) Hi, Gwen. Hi, Gwen. Ozzy tries to hide, but Iago spots him. I keep wanting to say Iago, but it's not Iago. It's like Igo or something. It's I-A-G-O, and I think it's Igo. Mr. Igo. They keep calling him Mr. Igo, which is dumb. Um, so he tries to hide, but Igo spots him. And then shoots him with a gun that in he has finger. In his gl- hidden in his glove. Now, we don't... This is something that really bothers me. We don't see, for the majority of the movie, that this is a fake hand. Yeah. And that he can... In, they show it, like, like, two times. Like, I want to see all the different changes of this guy's hand. <laughs> but the other thing is... It should is, have been this big running Tony joke with all these different dildo. parts. Yes. Yeah. Well, I that's, missed that's that. What I was gonna, that's what I was going to get about. But the other thing is, is normally, like, he wears gloves through the whole movie. And that can be an assassin thing. We've seen that. Yeah. But, I, but a lot of people wear gloves in this movie. To the point where I was like, this is kind of weird. Like, even when Meg Ryan's just driving, she has gloves on. And I'm like, what are you doing? We're in California. Yeah. But, <laughs> but I think they do that to kind of... I think maybe it was somebody's attempt to throw you off, like, until you see that he has a robot hand or whatever. And I'm just like, whatever, man. I don't... But I think I could have done with a lot more robot hand. Yeah. That's <laughs> a cool feature. But then he acts like he can't... When he gets in the truck, he acts like he can't move it. Yeah. Like, it doesn't work. Like, it's just a fake hand. Yeah. But, like, it's it's, uh, it's a robot hand. Like, it can do stuff yeah. with it, right? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. We don't get to see enough of it. Yeah. But like this soldier. hand is a gun. Yeah. But now it's cool. And he shoots him. The fun thing is there's no blood. And, it, for, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, was it a trank gun? <laughs> what did he shoot him with? Because there's no blood or bullet hole. There is. But, I mean, it is. He kills him. I mean, it's a regular gun. But um, Ozzy is now shot, and he manages to get into an elevator. And he knows that he's dying. But as the elevator opens, he runs into Jack. And you can kind of, he's having this moment, he doesn't know what to do, but he's got to save Tuck. So he hugs Jack and injects Tuck into Jack's butt. (laughs) Like you do. Like you do. Poor Jack. I mean, this poor guy is already some guy right up his ass. Um, But Iago is, or Igo is still down, is not up on this floor yet. So he doesn't see the injection into the buttocks. By the time he gets there, all he sees is that the syringe has fallen on the floor and broken. And that Ozzy is on the ground dying. He then sees a man taking pictures and he confiscates that dude's camera and then picks up all the broken syringe bits. But if there was a microscopic pod in there... How are you sure you got it all? This is a great question. 
You wouldn't. You wouldn't get it all. I mean, he, he would need like a piece of tape to like tape the floor and make sure he got all the particles up. Yeah. Um, he Jack, doesn't have a microscope. He doesn't have the ocular whatever's. <laughs> but Unless that's an attachment for his hand. Jack it is might be. very obviously freaked out, but um, he does what anybody does and he goes to work. Um, during this time, as all of this is also kind of odd, as all of this is happening, I guess this is probably how actual fluid dynamics work, but Tuck's been jostled so much that he passes out because the, the syringe has been going all over the place with Ozzy running and then he gets injected and yeah, all this stuff happening. I don't think it's fluid dynamics, I think it's G force. There's yeah. probably a lot of G force in the syringe, it seemed like a lot, but it's probably enough to. He was, he was supposed to be just sitting in a bunny in a cage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which you He's getting thrown think, all over the place. I mean, you kind of think that it, the water moving and he wouldn't necessarily move in the water, but that's just not how that works. Also, he spun at like 8,000 yeah. RPMs so, or whatever and survived that somehow. So. Tuck is passed out, but he comes through he's and stuck he's everlasting. now in Jack's butt, surrounded by fat cells. And he's unsure what happened, but he cannot seem to contact Mission Control. Because they did have a radio, and he was able to talk to Oz before, but now he can't. Because he thought that he was still on Earth, but he was actually in Uranus. <laughs> Jack, come on! Work. That's co- you know what? He's late, <laughs> but he's assigned I, to I, rest. I'm just not going to tell good jokes if you're not going to laugh. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were telling good jokes. <laughs> I think the quality of your comedy has dipped. You need to step up your game. He's telling you to butt Every out. morning I put a joke on the PowerPoint slide that opens our morning mm-hmm. meeting. Knock, and knock. they're all stupid kid jokes. Mm-hmm. And one of my TAs just hates them. And she's like, that's not funny. That's not like every day. <laughs> but the rest of us are all like, oh, yeah. <laughs> all right. Today's was, was that your TA what time is it? Fun? Yes. What time is it when Godzilla comes to school? Time to run. <laughs> All right, you want to you want you want to you want to kid They're joke. They're all that bad. Hmm. Which va- which is your favorite Muppet? The vampire. I don't think that counts. Ah. I assure you, he does. Ah, ah, ah. No, no, you got to go. Ah, 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 ah. That's one for the kids. Yesterday it was why did the bike fall over? It was too tired. <laughs> all right, that's enough of those. <laughs> Right. I don't know what tomorrow will hold. <laughs> I usually pick them in the morning before we start. <laughs> you go to the website for these? She's got a joke of the day. I, it's it's funny if you go on the computer in my classroom and you type in the letter J, it pops up. Jokes for kids. <laughs> There's a few different websites. But mostly I just do a Google image search and find one because it has to be, it can't just be words. It has to have some sort of visual aspect. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, so Jack gets to his register and talks to his coworker Wendy, who's his bagger. Does anybody remember when they had both cashiers and baggers? Yes. <laughs> She's a shitty bagger, by the way. And you're supposed to tip the bagger. She's a shitty bagger. I grew up going to the She's commissary. A shitty person. I would be really so pissed if that bitch was my bagger. <laughs> She's a bitch. She put that giant thing of juice on top of somebody's aches. <laughs> the ladies at the commissary took that bagging job very seriously. And you're... Your groceries were well bagged because they wanted those tips. Right. And they carried them out to your car or pushed your cart out there and loaded it up for you. You know what? She just doesn't take her work seriously. This is why you self-checkout. Because the best bagger I know is me. <laughs> and every time somebody complains about 
self-checkout, I'm like, I love them. I want them everywhere. And you want to know why? Because I want to bag my own groceries. Mm-hmm. Fuck out of here, Brenda. I don't mind the self-checkout. I just mind the people at self-checkout. It's like, please don't talk to me. Your job's not real. But... The but, monitors, the line yeah. monitors. If, Think of how much shit they have to take all day good. because people are too dumb to use self checkout. There's that. I hate some people in self checkout who have like the giant cart full of stuff. Like that's oh you. yeah. No, I don't have the giant cart full of stuff. Yes, but, you do. But if my I grocery shopped with you, if my thing starts blinking for some stupid reason that is not my fault, which happens a lot. Uh, like because I accidentally so, scanned the or, barcode on the grapes yes! by accident, even though I, I have to put it there to weigh it. <laughs> it drives me crazy. I know I have to type in the number. It was an accident. You don't need to explain to me that that grape that that barcode is fictitious. Take it off the package. <laughs> that is normally what it is. It's always the fucking grapes. It's dumb. Why but is there barcodes on there? Don't stand there looking at me like. Like, you don't see that the thing is flashing and that I need help and I can't keep going. Sometimes they're just standing there. And it's like, hello? (laughs) The signal has... (laughs) She's probably, like, daydreaming and zoning out. The last time John and I bought alcohol, and we always go to self-checkout at Wegmans, even when we have a giant cart full of shit. So I don't know what he's talking about. Um, I had to... I called the... We could see him. Do this, do this, because your pants are on fire. Oh, snap. We could see him. He was so close I could read his name tag. And I called him by name because he was not paying attention to the fucking light. I'm like, and I can't remember what his name was. Chad. Blah, blah. <laughs> blah, blah. We have an alcoholic beverage. Could you please come over here? It's fucking dumb. The bat signal has been lit. It's not the bat signal. It should be. It's, it's the their only it's the job. Signal. Was it the Chad? That and those that's the thing. Those people that complain that that self checkout took that guy's job. No, now instead of one lane being open, there's twelve, and that same fucking loser ass cashier is now monitoring you, be loser ass <laughs> cashiers. Oh, I like helping other people in line. I go over. Would you like to know that? No, I'm kidding. I don't. Have it to ain't do that. that difficult. I do the split payment at the Walmart self checkout. It ain't hard. Mm-hmm. Well, look, all right, Miss Fancy ass. ass. I am payment. I have some cash to get rid of. <laughs> All right. Um, Jack talks to his coworker Wendy, who's trying. He is trying to date her, but she mostly ignores him. He mentions that they had a date last night, and she's like, eh, "I forgot about." She's you. being a bit cunty. Yeah, she's obviously attractive. Why is he working at a grocery store? What does that have to do with anything? It's just why his don't job. give him a real job, like a job job? You know, throw him working at a supermarket. Cashier no, at a I'm supermarket about, is like, a real job. I'm saying he's like 35 years old. He could have really could have been anything. I don't think he's 35. How old do you think he is? I mean, on this, I thought he was supposed to be like mid-20s. Really? Oh, I would have thought 30. I thought he was a bit older. I was just like, it's just weird to make him like a grocery store guy. He could have been like worked at the mall and, you know, like anything. It was just a weird, it's just a weird writing thing. This is a... He could have been the manager of Sam Goody. That would have been a great... Or Big and Tall. Well... No. No, because he's not... Sam Goody guy. I don't want to say he's a loser. Oh, but yeah. he is a bit of a, like, he's this hypochondriac, well, no well, He's time not going to have a really a good job. <laughs> he's going to have a job that pays his bills, which in 1987, Cash Checker did. Mm-hmm. cut it. Assistant manager, so. I think, is technically what he is at that store. He's one of the, oh, yeah. the supervisors or managers. He's just yeah. not the store manager. No. It's just, I don't know, it's just his a weird, boss it's just a weird thing. He has a very promising career in... If he doesn't go psycho. <laughs> Space doesn't melt off. But he actually has a real job. It's not a fake I, I job. Mean, like guy who builds boats. I didn't mean a real job like that. I just meant as a, a writing thing. A it's career a weird, it's a weird, rather than a, it's a weird thing a to pick. 
It was the 80s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He should have been an architect. Mm. Oh, I don't have any of those in movies. Yeah. Or baby boats. Uh, so, then uh, he looks up at his customer, and it is the exact woman that he described from his nightmare. This older lady with red hair, kind of a cranky She's been person. a lot of things. She's yeah, a good she's character a very, actor. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, welcome back to the podcast from Dragnet. Oh, yeah. She, she was the one who got uh, her wedding dress stolen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The old lady with the potty mouth. She said, I could arrest you for swearing at us like that. On what charge, flathead? Cattle funny sexual porn. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, she's... Mods, Amo, Amo, Mods. A lot of things. Um, Tuck is continuing to try to contact Ozzy, and he has decided that he's going to fire his electromagnetic boosters, which... Okay, an EMP pulse in a, a in a uh, electric pod seems bad, but okay. Mm-hmm. Well, they didn't they didn't use quantum yet, so. But it causes the register to go haywire, just like in Jack's dream. So the prices start becoming ridiculous. So like a thousand dollars for shampoo, and this causes his customer to freak out because the total is over a hundred thousand dollars, so <clears> she can't pay that. And he begins to have a panic attack. In his dream, when the customer gets angry about the total, she pulls out a gun, and that's when he wakes up because he gets shot, apparently, in the mm-hmm. dreams he dies. But the same thing happens here. She pulls out a tiny little revolver, but it is, in fact, a cigarette lighter, which makes me think that he Welcome has... Welcome back to the podcast, Gun Lighter. <laughs> they don't From make the menu. Anymore. It just that's happens. Right. It's two weeks in a row. They don't make... Uh, cigarette lighters like that Both anymore times people, people are scared shot. of getting shot <laughs> that's true but he has a panic attack and he is removed from the sale I'm gonna look course, on eBay. this was the 80s when you could buy uh what was this things entertech the mm-hmm. squirt guns that look like real guns yeah. and megatron you could buy transformers well, yeah like real guns. Say, you talked about running around, around the neighborhood, neighborhood with megatron with the, in the looks like a real gun, into a gun. I'm, I'm 10 what could happen Gun lighter vintage. Here we go. Wow. How much is it? Well, there's one here. It's $25, but if you have this thing in your hand, you're getting <laughs> shot. Yeah, you are. That looks real as hell. <laughs> that looks very much like the paperweight from The Gentleman. It's only 25 bucks. I should get it. <laughs> you should get it. I'm sorry. Well, let me look at all your nail polish. Blah, 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 blah. You should get it. I said you should get it. You've made a noise with your face. I noise <laughs> with your face. <coughs> oh, she was in Hocus Pocus. I often make noises with my face because I'm a normal person and I get annoyed with things. <laughs> and it lasts about 30 seconds and then I move on. And I say, you know what? You should get it. Because if you want a lighter that looks like a gun, you should get it. And it should be your official candle lighter. So whenever you need more ambiance, fire a bullet at a candle. Mm-hmm. Um, so Chuck decides since he can't get a hold of Ozzy or get any response from Ozzy, he's going to proceed with the mission. Stage one optic nerve interface so Jack's in the manager's office at this point they're trying to calm him down um but he is of course in the midst of a panic attack and I don't know why this takes both the manager and Wendy but Wendy seems like the kind of person that's looking for any excuse to not have to do her job (laughs) so maybe that's why she's in there um so Tuck gets to the optic nerve and he fires a probe, a video camera, I don't know, something at it, which allows him to see. But this 
causes immense pain in Jack because it's like someone stabbed the back of his eyeball with a needle. Mm-hmm. And um, this is when his uh, boss is like, I think you should start your vacation early. Just go home. It's fine. So, at the, and Tuck now can see what Jack sees and is like, where the fuck am I? Who's this guy? Who's that? You're not text that work at <laughs> the, I can't even remember what the name of the stupid place is. They don't say it till halfway through the fucking movie. Vector scope. You don't work for vector scope. And um, so he realizes that he is not in a rabbit and that he is in a man, a strange man. Mm-hmm. Um, he sets a new course to the ear because he apparently wants some audio as well. Uh, we go back to the lab uh, where Margaret is examining the photos from the camera that Mr. Igo confiscated. And uh, the photos clearly show, I don't know what this dude was doing, but he took pictures of Ozzy injecting Jack in the buttocks with Tuck. Mm -hmm. So why this guy was taking pictures of some other dude's butt, I'll never know. But it clearly shows his name tag from his place of work in the pictures. So she sends Iago. Works at Safeway. She tells Mr. Iago to go find him. All right, then Tuck, back in Jack's body, Tuck attaches a device to um, Jack's inner ear so now they can hear each other. And he's like, can you hear me? Can you hear me? And he's like, hear what? And he's like, you can hear me. It works. But Jack, who is already on his way to his doctor's after his work panic attack and sharp pain in his eye. This doesn't help. Uh, now thinks he's going crazy because he is hearing a voice. And no one and else is hearing it. No one else is hearing it. It's not the people around him. And he thinks he's being possessed. He gets into the doctor's office. He says, I'm possessed! Yes. <laughs> From the trailer. Around. Yes. He's, he's gone crazy. There's a lot of really cool cigarette lighters that wear guns. And mm-hmm. don't ever buy one. You're going to get yourself killed. <laughs> what would I do with a cigarette lighter that looks like a gun? I don't smoke. Light candles with it. Here's one that looks like a gun that you put cigarettes in and then it's a lighter in the front. That's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is so American. Like, I bet people in Texas use that. Wow. I'm buying that. Ooh, that's one of those butane lighters. Mm-hmm. It's only 14 bucks, and it doesn't look like a real gun, so you could probably get away with it. I don't want I would do the rigs tuck. Well, the other thing is, is you're not taking these out of your house. <laughs> like, where are you going? Where are you taking these to, you know? To work, you know? You should, like, pull it out and be like, hey, oh, no, it's fine. I'm just smoking. <laughs> I'm smoking. Then they she tackle you. <laughs> <laughs> and you were fine until you said you were smoking. Yeah. Jesus Christ. He does every three months or so talk about taking up the pipe. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. Um, here's an Uzi machine gun lighter. That Necessary. seems to like a bit much. Necessary. The thing is... I like the really long, flexible lighters for lighting candles. Mm-hmm. So I would not use, like, it would just sit in the junk drawer. And somebody would open it, and they'd be like, why is there a gun in here? I'd be like, that ain't a gun. That ain't your business. It's a paperweight. I have one of the long, flexible ones, but it's not flame. It's like electricity, mm-hmm. and it's rechargeable. I know. I should get one of those. <laughs> I think about it when I see them. But I have, I don't, I'm not the kind of person that buys 50 lighters anymore. Down the smoke. Mm-hmm. All right, um, yeah, we have one <laughs> for candles. <laughs> so Jack is examined by his doctor, and as his doctor puts something in his ear, because uh, this blinds Tuck, and he says, "Oh God, I'm blind." 
And Jack hears the oh God part and says, now he's talking about God. And his doctor tells him he may be experiencing some sort of religious hysteria. But either way, his doctor is no help and Jack goes home. He's now determined to ignore the voice and he pretends that it's not speaking. However, Tuck refuses to be ignored. And um, Jack turns on his TV because he's like, I don't hear you and I'm going to watch TV. And Tuck says, if you don't start listening to me, I'm going to be forced to do something. And Jack won't listen, so he uses his electromagnetic booster again, and it destroys Jack's TV. For some reason, it starts a fire. In the TV and, and in, in the, the pod. pod. Um, like, that's weird. It was weird. Fire for no reason. Mm-hmm. Then, uh, so Jack finally believes that perhaps there is a little man, and there is... A voice there and that the voice is real and Tuck explains that he was shrunk that he's part of a experiment he was supposed to be injected into a rabbit and he was not and he doesn't have any idea how he got from the lab to into um, Jack at no point does Jack say well I was at the mall yeah. and this dude injected me, me into in something butt. in the butt yeah which seems like pertinent information and we assume that Jack must have said this at some point, but we don't actually get to see it, mm-hmm. which seems like they could have had one line of, well, I was at the mall. And I did get injected in the butt. You would think? He would show the doctor. Oh, he would have said something to his doctor yeah. about how somebody yeah. injected you me with a syringe. Yeah, especially in the 80s. I mean, it's the 80s. We're, we're talking they... about the AIDS Yeah, people were running around injecting craze. people with AIDS and shit. <laughs> yeah, he saw the broken syringe. He knows what the prick in his butt was. Yeah. <laughs> Just a prick up his ass? Yes, his name is Tuck. And then he just went to work this hypochondriac? What no, he Tuck wouldn't have. He would have gone time. straight to the hospital. <laughs> drink. The answer he was saw drink. A guy got, he saw a guy die. And even though there was no blood, it like, we didn't see the blood because it's 87, but there was blood. He mm-hmm. saw a guy die. So, um, anyways, so now he believes. Then there's a knock at the door. It's a messenger with Jack's cruise tickets. He asks if he can use Jack's phone, and Jack says, sure. Tuck, who's watching this messenger guy, says not to trust him. He isn't a messenger, and he's got this gut feeling. He tells Jack they need to get out. And Jack is like, what are you talking about? But the guy pulls a gun, and Tuck tells Jack to grab the gun. And Jack decides to follow Tuck's instructions, and by following these instructions, he's able to fight off the messenger guy and escape. Kicks him in the nards. Yes. Wolfman's got an arch. Yeah. This right. also elevates um, Jack's adrenaline levels, which um, ups his blood pressure, which then detaches Tuck's pod and almost sucks him into uh, Jack's heart, which he, they, which apparently would have killed the subject. Jack. Yeah. Because so, I'm not really sure how that works, <laughs> but probably not good in the old ticket. I, I don't know how this works. I'm glad that he didn't get sucked in there. However... He does keep cutting holes yes, he does. in Jack's vein. Yeah. And I'm like, stop doing that. You never repair any of them. <laughs> Which seems like, I mean... I mean, they wouldn't heal naturally. Yeah, yeah but, but this is very close to his heart. That's he a major got, artery or... Yeah, that he just... <laughs> it's not like some little feeder vein. That was a major artery he cut his way through. Also, when you he, have also, a tear in your arteries, doesn't that cause a heart attack? Also, he does have a permanent clamp on his ocular nerve and his ear that yes. I guess is going to rust away. Or, yes. Mm-hmm. Can you? 
in 50 years, his doctor's going to be like, what is that? Yeah, what, you have <laughs> what? 70 cancers on your eye. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen? I mean, it was the 80s. We didn't know what was going to happen. We <laughs> still didn't know the dangers of asbestos. But, <laughs> and we thought cigarettes were cool. But there is some questions here. Um, so, Tuck gets it, or Jack gets into his car. And Tuck finally reestablishes communication after the heart pounding, almost killing everybody. Um, and he tells Jack to go to the lab, gives him instructions. So they go to lab. And once there, Jack meets with the money man who instantly believes that he has Tuck inside of him. And Pete is there. Got Tuck inside his ass. So, um, I mean, if you lost the... A uh, syringe, and a dude shows up and says, "I was injected with a syringe, and I, there's a dude named Tuck yeah. inside my body." You would Pretty be good. like, "That tracks." <laughs> so, so Jack asks what went wrong because Tuck wants to know what went wrong, and Pete says it was, uh, you know, that the thing that went wrong was working with civilians who don't know Jack about security, which is not exactly what went wrong. Thanks for all the information. Like they obviously. They don't give him any information. And Pete is like, I need to talk to you outside. You stay here. So he takes the money man out into the hallway. Now Tuck is instantly suspicious because he does not trust Pete. All right. This is kind of like the second, like we've seen, this is like the third instance where we've seen that Tuck and Pete are not friends. Mm -hmm. So um, Tuck tells Jack to get where he can see him. He's going to use some amplification equipment and they're able to... Uh, pick up their conversation. So the money man tells Pete that they're not the only ones who are working on min- miniaturization. Now you think he already would have told him this information because they're here at the facility. But I guess this is for Tuck and Jack's benefit. But mm-hmm. they're the they're the first ones that are able to perfect the enlargement process. But it takes two chips. One chip will miniaturize stuff, but you need the second chip that's in the pod to re-enlarge. And Pete points out that the other one has been stolen. And the money man says that they can always build more chips. But the problem is that at 9 a.m., Tuck runs out of air and is going to die. And then Pete points out that they don't need to do anything at all. They can build more chips and the stolen chip is useless because they need the other chip that is in this man. He's and like, just let him die. the money man is like, yeah, but what about Tuck? And Pete says, we can't save him now, and that's too bad. But maybe we can use him as bait to draw out the people that stole the chip. Now, Those the end of this puckers. movie, this guy gets invited to his wedding. <laughs> at no point from here on out do we at any time bring up the time that this guy thought... It's okay if Tuck just dies. Yeah. When Tuck gets... Spoilers. When Tuck is re-enlarged at the end, he gets out, he kisses Lydia, he hugs Jack, he should have punched this dude in the face. Yeah. Or they could have just had him go, we'll do everything we can, but he only has a certain amount of air supply. But we can use him as bait, we can draw the other guys to get the check, the chip, and then we can bring him back. You could have just said that. There's no, yeah. there's no real conflict here. Yeah. It's a fake conflict, which, again, makes me believe maybe some of this was cut or they just weren't sure. Because well, not, they're not really enemies. It's okay if these guys aren't really friends. Yeah. They know each other. They're acquaintances. But this guy just very casual is like, well, we don't. It doesn't matter if he dies. That's too bad. Like, what? He's just another bunny. I know, right? 
he's just another lamb in a cage. Spite all so, his rage. Tuck is obviously upset about this. Yeah. Yeah, Jack, like you would. Jack doesn't seem quite as concerned until Chuck, Tuck tells him, you know, if I die, you're going to have this tiny little pod floating around your body for the rest of your life. Which, I guess this guy's a hypochondriac and would be upsetting. But I kind of would be upset if I heard these guys callously mention that they're just going to let this other guy die. Yeah. But, so, Tuck uh, tells Jack to go get his jacket out of his locker and get his keys. And he's like, "You got. we got to get out of here. We got to do something. And um, uh, Jack agrees under one condition that Tuck doesn't hurt him any, cause him any more pain. He doesn't want pain. But they take off Tuck's convertible. So Pete and the money man come back and they're gone. So they go to Tuck's house, which is the first place I would look if I was Pete or the money man trying to figure out where they went. This is the first place I'd look. I would have staked out Tuck's house. You have his car. He's he's in charge in your brain. Um, yeah, he's going to take you to but his house. I feel like they're not very concerned. Like the inner, the vision scope or vector scope people are not very concerned that this guy is running around with a piece of their highly sought after technology in him. Even if they're going to use him as bait to draw out the bad guys, they have to know where he goes. Yeah. yeah. Which they don't. <laughs> I need a scene of somebody following him from Venterscope. There's somebody with the RoboCop GPS on him. And you don't I know get where that he is. until the end. Yeah. Yeah. So they go to Tuck's house, and uh, he, uh, Tuck's house is, you know, a gross bachelor pad. And uh, Tuck wants to have a drink, and the only way he gets a drink is if Jack gets a drink, which also makes no sense, because we were told that... Tuck cannot get more air just by going yeah. into the lungs and opening the hatch. Yeah. Because this would cause the pod to explode. But, but apparently he can get a drink. But he does open a hatch and put a flask out it in Jack's esophagus to get alcohol. And let's be real. This dude's an alcoholic. He already had a flask and it yeah. already had alcohol <laughs> in it. <laughs> he drank it all. That's why I needed more. Yeah, because really, why wouldn't you just... His put flask a, is empty. A flask out there and then bring it back in. And now you have more air, I guess. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so, after... so, But Jack's not a big drinker, so this kind of instantly gets him drunk. And they have a dance party. <laughs> which is kind of random and kind ridiculous. Of random. Oh, this is one of those things, like, what? Yeah. Although, whenever I'm feeling bad, I have a dance party. This is you a, dance around the house? Yeah. This is a trailer scene. I dance, trailer. and I dance around at work. I dance sometime at work. I do it a lot. I dance and I sing a lot at work. I do that, too. I had someone I ask me, too. they were like, is there anything I could say that you won't find a song lyric for? I said, let's have a challenge. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to. I think you'll win. I know a lot of songs. I was almost <laughs> on a TV show. The dance almost. around... And uh, Tuck asks Jack to go to the mirror so that they can see what he looks like. Uh, Jack buys a picture of Lydia and then a picture of Tuck. And then Tuck finally gets to see what Jack looks like. And Jack's like, we're going to need some help. Or Tuck is like, we're going to need some help. And then realizes that Jack is drunk. Uh, So he makes, he asks Jack if he's good to drive and he's like, yeah, I'm fine. And then Tuck's like, no, you're not. And he makes Jack hit himself in the face until he is sobered up enough to drive. And 
Listeners, that doesn't work. <laughs> nope. Don't drive. I don't think Jack is that drunk. I, he just doesn't ever drink, so he's probably got a good buzz. But uh, next we see is Lydia at work. She is some kind of investigative reporter. She's trying to sell her boss on a story about Silicon Valley espionage and theft. And he thinks that that's really boring. He's like, people want to murder. They want murder. <laughs> that's not exactly how he says it, but I did listen to a podcast today where they kept saying it like that. <laughs> but she tells him that there has been a murder. Ooh, excuse me. She tells him that there has been a murder and that Osley Wexler's death at the local mall um, could be connected to a possible break-in at his place of business, Vectorscope. Like... 20 minutes before he died. <laughs> well, they're not sure if there was a break-in. It's just that Vector's <coughs> scope is really closed up. But also, if one of their head scientists died, they also would be very closed up and not talking to anybody about anything. But her co-worker bursts in to tell her that the cowboy is on his way to town. And her boss is like, who the fuck is the cowboy? Although he didn't say it like that because it's 87. PG. <laughs> and um, she says the cowboy is... Um, a fence and uh, she's so excited about this she's going to take off to go to the airport to see when he comes in I guess her and her co-worker has been tracking the cowboy for months so Jack is driving around per Tuck's orders and spots Lydia well Tuck sees her on the corner of Jack's eye <laughs> so apparently his camera whatever that he attached gives him the whole range of Jack's vision sure well, but, he's, I think he attached himself to the eye itself so he could see everything mm. that the eye sees. I guess this is very fancy equipment. Everything is going according to plan as far as this experiment is yeah, going. Is. Everything fucking it's works. Amazing how well this experiment is working. Everything fucking works. However, if that electromagnetic thing blew up a TV, mm-hmm. then why would you put that on something in a lab that might accidentally be fired off in a lab around all that equipment? Well, you never know. What if uh, a Terminator comes in and you need to just, you know, dis- discapacitate? No, not that. Incapacitate it quickly. Discapacitate. Mm-hmm. This, I can't even say it either. See, it's a hard word to say because it's not a real word. Discapacitate. Discombobulate. How do you know it's not a real word? I just said it. It's a word now. But it could have been a, re- a word previously. All words are made up. I thought it was incapacitate. It is. It is. Okay. But discapacitate could I'm also tired. be a word. <laughs> I'm tired. Can we hurry up? Right. Um, no. Okay. Jack, Jack finds Don't Lydia. Don't make more drinks. She, spot, she spots the car. And it's like, that's Tuck car. Tuck's car. As if he's that's the only Tuck one. car. <laughs> he's the only one that has that car. Yeah, he's the only one that has a red convertible in, in all, all of Silicon, Silicon Valley. Valley. I don't think so. And then she's she comes up and she's like, this is Tuck's car. What are you doing in Tuck's car? That's Tuck's jacket. Why are you wearing his jacket? She doesn't even give him a chance to answer, which is drives me crazy in movies when they ask these questions and they don't even give you a chance to answer. But he could have had a personalized license plate and that would have been a thousand times more believable. But he didn't. He could have had a license plate that said Tucker or something stupid on it. Mm. You know, Fly Guy or some Tuck dumb rocks. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Fly I did, one. I read a book once where she asked him a bunch of questions and he's like, you have to give me a chance to answer. Which one would you like me to answer first? Um, Jack says, Lydia, shut up. She doesn't ask, how'd you know my name? Mm-hmm. First question I would ask after that. Um, and then he tells her that Tuck is in trouble. 
and they need her help. So somehow this convinces her to get in the car. We don't see that point. And they go eat. I can't Yeah, stop he's yawning. in trouble. Let's go eat. <laughs> Time's of the essence. But first, let's get burger. So Tuff does not want her to know what's happening. Because it's ridiculous and unbelievable, I guess. But, um... But I, mean, he, I think he knows enough about her that he could make her believe it. Well, and he does later, but for some reason, Tuck doesn't want her to know now that he's trapped inside Jack. Oh, he says because it's... I mean, it's classified. Embarrassing, or yes. he's, he doesn't want to be small. Yeah. Because he's an asshole. Yeah. Which, he can't be even minutely potentially vulnerable. I guess, I mean, Tuck seems like a very self-centered guy. But if Lydia is a reporter who's been investigating technological thefts, you'd think this is something that Tuck would know about, maybe, if he paid even the slightest bit of attention. I don't think he does. So you think but he might have... be afraid that she'll write a story about it. Oh, maybe. Yeah, well, that, if he had said, don't tell her, she'll write a story about it. Yeah. That well, would make sense. sense. We're not doing so well right but... now. She'll write a story about it. I'll lose my clearance and mm-hmm. get Jack does tell her that Tuck is trapped, and that in order to get him out... They need a microchip that was stolen from Vectroscope to get him back. And she pulls out a notepad and she's like, there was a robbery. Like, she's doing an on-the-record investigation. And Jack's like, um, I don't want to answer any of your questions. Mm-hmm. And she starts asking a bunch of questions. And he goes to pee instead. As he comes out of the bathroom, Mr. Igo is there. Because how Mr. Igo found them in this whatever random restaurant. I don't know. Because... Well, I guess they have to know about Tuck at this point because they did. They were in the lab, yeah. so maybe I go staked out Tuck's <laughs> apartment, and um, he tries to grab him. But then Lydia pulls out a taser, and she tells Mister Igo that she's going to shoot him if she does if he does not put that man down. And he's like, "Whatever," and she shoots the taser, but it hits Jack, which. Could have killed Tuck mm-hmm. as the electrical current courses through his body. But or okay. Adrenaline pushing in the heart, it could have done anything. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but she incapacitates Jack, because of course she does, because it's comedy. And Mr. Igo takes him out. And uh, when they get outside, Mr. Igo's car is being towed, because I guess he parked in a no parking zone. And he decides to steal a refrigerator truck and stashes Jack in the back, which gives Jack hypothermia. Yeah. So Iago Iago drives to a meeting (laughs) with Mr. Scrimshaw and Margaret. Now, while he's driving to this meeting, Lydia is following him in Tuck's convertible, and Jack regains consciousness, but he's freezing cold. Mm -hmm. So once he regains consciousness... Tuck tries to talk to him, and all he gets is that his teeth are chattering and that he's cold. So, uh, I go arrives at the meeting. Um, Scrimshaw and Margaret get out of the car, and they meet with Thiago, and he opens the back of the truck, and they see Jack. And Scrimshaw asks Margaret to tell him what's wrong with him, or as she examines him. As if you can't tell that he's got mild hypothermia. That seems pretty obvious to anybody, but he needs Dr. Margaret to tell him that. She offers to warm him up. Because she knows how to do that. starts rubbing on his groin, kind of. Yeah, it's, he's a man popsicle. Yeah. I, it really bothers me that her character is this horny. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I know it was the 80s, but this is a weird take. It's very weird. Um, but uh, Scribbershaw's like, well, we need him alive. So uh, get him a blanket. And then uh, they're going to head back to their lab. But Scribbershaw has decided not to get back in the limo. He wants Margaret to drive his car. He is going to stay and talk to Jack. In the freezer. In the freezer. In his fur coat. He's blanket. got a fur coat. And He's he got gives, a baby. He gives Jack like a scarf or something, doesn't he? A blanket. A blanket. They give yeah. him a blanket, I guess, that was in the back of his car in case he gets, I don't know, chilly. <laughs> or wants to have sex with Margaret on the side of the road. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but so, Jack, this one blanket, by the way, helps warm Jack back up enough that he's no longer frozen. Question mark. And he can sure. have a regular he's conversation and get in, us and run away. And... He's still in the freezer, though. <laughs> you don't come back. This unbelievable. They didn't seal it shut. They didn't lock it because Scrimshaw's in there. But yeah. if they shut the door. But, okay, so Scrimshaw tells Jack that miniaturization is the next big edge. That nukes are, everybody's got nukes, so they're worthless. And that going to space is nothing is pointless. But miniaturization, that's the ticket. And it's going to make him a, a ton of money. And that's why... Crap loads of money. For a second, I thought it was two for you. <laughs> One for each hand? Yep. Hello. Two for me. Oh, I it. think this one's stronger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, I'm drinking. Well, um, you remember the words of Mr. Dean Martin. You're not drunk if you lay on the floor without holding on. I don't drink anymore. I freeze it either like a popsicle. <laughs> um, Why do you drink so much? I drink to forget. To forget what? I forgot that a long time ago. Well, as the fly said while well, he's walking across the mirror, that's one way to look at it. That's a good joke. That is a great joke. <laughs> Tell that one to the kids. I'll have to see. <laughs> if it has a picture of a fly on a mirror then mm. that would make sense <laughs> um she's talking about his penis i know uh so scrimmage tells jack that's why they need the pod inside of him so tuck thinks that scrimmage oh you're right is <laughs> crazy pants and he's he like is. we have got to get out of here and he's like look around so i can see what else is in this refrigerated truck and he, truck and he sees that the door is not locked and he's like all right here's what we're gonna do you are going to jump up and you're going to open that door and you're going to jump out of this car and roll on the ground. You, you've got this. And he, he hypes Jack all up, gives him the most epic of pep talks. And all of a sudden, and he's like, are you ready? And Jack's like, I'm ready. And he stands up and he throws off his blanket and he runs past Scrimshaw and jumps for the door. And the door opens and he's in a moving vehicle. So yeah. he freaks out and he grabs onto the like door. A, yes. And it's swinging open and shut. And Scrimshaw is yelling at him. He yells, putter, don't be a putz and get in here, which I thought was kind of funny. And I thought... He tries to alert the driver, but the driver's wearing headphones. Of course. But I thought what was cool is, like, they do a lot of close-ups on this where you can see that most... Like, for a lot of this, this is Martin Short. Yeah. Like, hanging off of this truck. I was like, that's pretty cool, man. Because they're not doing CGI faces and stuff yet. And they do good enough shots that you can see that that's Martin Short. You know what I mean? So I was like, yeah. And and the special effects on this are pretty good, obviously. But, uh, But I was like, damn... Get it, get it, Marty. And I was like, the driver would see that in the side of your mirror. And I was like, nope, because he, he broke it. it. I, they did establish that he broke that mirror as soon as yep. he got in that truck. 
you know, they do kind of a good job about establishing things that are going to come back later. Like, I didn't talk about it, but when the initial doctor's visit, when he had the rash, and the doctor's like, how'd you get that rash? And he's like, well, I put hairspray. And he's like, I think you're allergic to hairspray. There's some little little tidbits here and there that are pretty good. That you don't necessarily see like sometimes they do that and it's really obvious yeah. but no they're just there. like the mirror thing i forgot completely and then i was like he would say oh you're right he wouldn't see that yeah. <laughs> so he's hanging off the door it's swinging back and forth but thank god lydia has been following this whole time so yeah. she pulls the convertible up underneath him and starts shouting at him what are you doing get in the car Get in the car. Get off that door. Get in like the car. Like she's a mom whose kids Dad, are dawdling. She's <laughs> yelling at him. That is not the time to be yelling at a person, okay? I know she's panicking, but get your shit together, woman. He's but the one dangling from a moving vehicle. He manages to get Because he his said feet. shit. Mm-hmm. He might have crapped he his He actually pants. said shit. No. Well, no, yeah. First he said it, <laughs> and then he did it. <laughs> one of the things that causes the fight in the opening scene is... Tuck tells one of the other lieutenants or whatever, at least when I landed my plane, I didn't have um, shit go down the leg of my jumpsuit. And I think this happened to Jack right here. But he manages to balance his feet <laughs> on, the top, on the top of the windshield because yeah. it's a convertible and it's open. And Pretty lets amazing. go of the door. And then he's just balancing Surfing. there. Again, Lydia is like, get in the car. And he kind of just falls back into the car and they take off. And his feet are still up here. <laughs> well, yeah, because I'm There's not muscles for, there. <laughs> well, I'm not moving for a good thirty minutes. Because he shit himself. So yeah, in front of this hot chick. Yeah. So Lydia takes him to a she hotel. Can smell Look where her head is. And Jack is like, "Why are we here?" And she's like, "This is where the cowboy always stays." And. They're going to stake it out until he gets here. And he's like, who the hell is the cowboy? And she is like, the cowboy is a fence who specializes in stolen tech. And we are going to follow him because he is going to lead us to the other chip. The well, other chip. To the no, chip that you were looking for. That's a yes. really cool job. A fence that works in stolen tech. How do you get into that? Well, you have to be a criminal. <laughs> and, that's and all I know. Perhaps... You start as like a hacker or something. I don't know. Hack the planet. <laughs> this was 1987. There weren't many hackers. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I can break into your Commodore 64 from here. <laughs> what are you getting? So, yeah, my, I, our Oregon Trail yeah, or so my bunny that does math thing. problems. Like, what are you getting from me? Oh the my god. So the pow- so the posh pickup theme is voted on for Wait, what? March, and video games won. And one of the people in the comments says. I need an Oregon Trail. <laughs> Could I have one called Dysentery? And I was oh, like, God. oh, yeah. no. <laughs> what color is that going to be? Yeah. yeah, it'd be a Prugly, but people love those colors. <laughs> oh, no, you have Dysentery. It's always Dysentery. But I would love some Oregon Trail polishes. That'd be so much fun. Wouldn't be cooler than Yaya yeah, yeah, Ding Dong. There's this game that was on my grandparents' computer because my grandparents always had Apple products, so they had one of the very first Macs. And there's really this game called Power Pete. And Power Pete shot guns that shot like frosting. And it was kind of like, they weren't all candy themed, but his gun always shot like frosting and things. It was weird. really weird. There's a game I really wish I could get. It was, you were a bartender Power and Pete? you gave beers to Tapper. People. Yes. My dad used to play. That was in Wreck-It Ralph. My dad used I, to play I that really game. really want a copy of that game. <laughs> we can make that happen. Because it's, it, you probably get it for like, 
15 grand. Know, just get an emulator. I'm sure you can download it onto your laptop. No, I want like a big Oh, you want an arcade of cabinet? Oh, wow. That might be. A tapper? I probably very hard. Well, you could probably get that in about a thousand other games. Well, that's the thing. You, you to get an actual tapper game is probably expensive, but to oh, get an emulator that. that plays it, nah, you could do that for like probably five hundred bucks and play every game you've ever heard of. But an actual legit like tapping, retro tapper it, game, it's, it'll be five grand and it breaks all the time. Yeah, or you play it for like ten minutes and you're like, yeah. <laughs> that's, My that's, best friend and I used to play have a NBA game jam on yeah. here as well. <laughs> that. As an adult, I realized it wasn't a game. <laughs> it was a Spider-Man, like, make your own, like choose your own web adventure? comic type thing. Because you could, like, place the characters and you could type out what they say. And there was one lady, I'll never forget this. Uh, the the Spider-Man always said, my spider sense is tingling. Like, they, they said things. And there was a lady that walked around going, help me, help me. <laughs> So, but I don't think it was a game because you, you like wrote it. You placed the characters in these situations. There was this computer, <laughs> and you kind of watched what happened. No, I don't think so. There's a computer game that we had. Ooh, is there a dog? that my mom bought for <laughs> us? There's two dogs in here. Yeah, it was on floppy disk. I cannot remember what it was called, but it was like cry. It was something like Crime Boss. Audra, what the fuck is that game? Please ask Jeff and tell me because I need to know. But it was like, I can't remember, were you fighting him? Did you work for him? There's a crime game that we used to play. It was it had some very ridiculous graphics. All right, anyways, <laughs> moving right along. So Lydia and Jack, so the cowboy shows up, and he's wow. pretty obvious yeah. that he is the cowboy. He looks yes. like a rhinestone cowboy, I'll tell you what. Like a rhinestone um, cowboy. And Lydia and Jack get out of the car. They're going to go in and follow him. And Lydia tells him to grab the suitcase out of the trunk. And he's, because it looks legit. And he's like, why is there a suitcase back here? And she's like, we talked about this, but yeah. Tuck keeps it in case he wakes up in a strange place. And um, he's like, oh, she knows about Which the they suitcase. set up earlier in the movie. Yep. Like you said. Mm-hmm. And, um, blah, blah, blah. They go up to a room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, Liv, well, go. they go up to the room, and I I left out something, and I couldn't, my sentence didn't make any sense, so I was trying to figure it out. Um, was it the period? No. Was it the prefix? No. So Jack has been wearing the same clothes for a while, and he asks the birth. The birth. Lydia. He asks Tuck if he would mind if he put on some of these clothes, and Tuck's like, "Knock yourself out," because you know he shit his pants earlier. And um, <laughs> while this is happening, Lydia calls her office and has her coworker run Scrimshaw's name. And what? Um, what? <laughs> huh? Your Rolodex. <laughs> Who knows? Just run the name. Sure. <laughs> Not in here. Phone book. <laughs> I don't know how he comes up with this information, but... I guess back then they thought computers were magical. Mm-hmm. It was just super know, database with everything in it. I hooked myself up and went inside and I found him. I guess. It's yeah. the 80s. Yeah. But Did they have like microfiche Tron. back then? <laughs> <laughs> microfiche. No, they... What they did was they I really don't know. <laughs> Tuck also Sorry. gets mad at Jack because he keeps checking out Lydia because she's an attractive woman. Um, she's, got but the, she's got a huge future. Lydia... She doesn't have a huge future, though. Meg Ryan? Yeah, she does. Meg Ryan does. Lydia? She's going to marry Tuck and have this baby. She does not have a huge future. (laughs) There's the only thing in her her future is a divorce. (laughs) 
she's gonna end and up she going does marry Dennis Quaid and they get divorced. <laughs> Worst wedding song ever. And now he married a twenty-year-old. <laughs> Tony was like, did they get married? And I was like, yeah. I was like, I thought they got married. Meg Ryan has a kid named, what's his name? Something Quaid. Yeah, it's so, the guy from The Voice. And then I was like, oh, he's been married four times. His current wife is 30. And he is... Like 80. And his son is 31. <laughs> and he is... Oh, so he's like my 67 dad. or 68 or something like that. <laughs> but she looks like she's 25. She doesn't yeah. look like... I was like, I saw a picture and I was like, that could be his granddaughter. I don't know, that's icky. <laughs> well, there's this kind of a thing happening in on the internet about um, millennials versus Gen Z, and all the millennials look super young for their age, and all the Gen Z look super old for their age. The Gen I've Z seen that. So fucking uptight. There was, I saw a video, and it was this woman who was like thirty. Who, she was probably thirty-eight, and she says she's thirty-eight. And let me explain it to you. When we were kids, we ate things with preservatives. <laughs> if you had Mountain Dew Code Red, you're probably radioactive. <laughs> All these preservatives have kept us young. These Gen Z, they were raised on organic, and they're aging like an avocado. <laughs> Maybe they should start eating Twinkies and see if that'll help. Twinkies. Well, who was it? You know that dude who gives away the recipes? That he's like, I know the secret recipe yeah. for the... Yes. That dude That's... did one. He's 26! I know! I couldn't believe it! <laughs> I follow him. When he said how old he was, I was like, no. No, his IG is Jordan the Stallion, and he's the president. Jordan the Stallion? Yes, that's his 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 Instagram name. name. That's his IG. Is he like a horse? No, but he's the president of the Fast Food Secrets Club, and he gives out the recipes on how to make all this fast food stuff. If the restaurants piss him off, then he reveals their secret recipes. If you've ever wanted to know how to make anything, like like if you like the, the cinnamon rolls at Costco, or you like the breadsticks at Olive Garden, Olive Garden, or whatever... But he knows the recipes for all the stuff, and he's always telling Why people. Why does he know all these recipes? Because he can Google. Because he's worked in every single fucking recipe. No, because if you Google oh, no, these look. things, it comes up really well, easy. Yes, of course. <laughs> of course. Because it's is... not 1987. John, yes. but it doesn't matter. that This is his thing, and it's pretty popular, and he's always telling people how to make stuff. Um, he also makes weird things that he's heard about on the internet when he's high at 3 in the morning. It's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But he's wow, revealed that he's 26. The guy this is him, looks, by the way. He does not look 26. He's 26. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he's 45. There's no way I would have guessed that guy I was in his 20s. Where he talked about that, I was like, no. <laughs> well, there's a lot of there's a lot of dudes that are look are really young and they grow beards too. And like all older. of his videos, he's holding the phone, so you can't see even his whole face for a while. I bet if he didn't have but a beard. But he doesn't look 26. He looks <laughs> in his bathroom and he needs to get some Windex. <laughs> he looks like an avocado. Yeah. But it's it's this big thing we that's going around about why does Gen Z look so old and millennials oh, look so it's young. it's this video. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, I think he said, like, Zendaya is older than him or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I don't see what the big deal is about her. She's a good actress who's pretty. She's, well, she's, she's a dressed up six. She's a good actress who's pretty. She's a good actress. I'll she's very that. pretty. Yeah. She's not, uh, no, she's not like drop dead gorgeous. She's of average looks. She's not someone that you would be attracted to. It's fine, honey. But she is very pretty. I don't know. She's a good actress, though. Well, that's what's the big deal about her. No, they act like she's fucking the second coming of Marilyn Monroe. Like, yeah. 
who also was not a very good actress. I don't really care much about her, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who you're listening to. Huh? But what? I I'm not hearing that same buzz about Zendaya. Oh well, you know, you're we travel in different circles. I there is no heard that Hugh Grant's gonna be in a movie about a probably a mostly fictitious story about the uh invention of Pop Tarts. And I'm into that. So people in the um, or no, in the um We Hate Movies uh, podcast group were talking shit about it about how Hugh what's wrong with Hugh Grant why isn't he doing real movies and they're talking about uh, it and I'm like gentlemen thank you and, well no and I was like this sounds like it's really fun why wouldn't he want to be in this well here's the thing is everyone's always like why do actors pick the movies they want well usually money. it's money or he has grandchildren so well, he's somebody, gonna do like Oompa Loompa shit and like stuff the, cause he's like hey my, my kids can't watch The Gentleman but they can watch Willy Wonka you know well they don't hear granddad talk about wanking into a hanky. I was yeah, reading I mean, the everyone comments. tells him how their granddad's this big actor. Like, really, what has he been in? I don't know because I can't watch any of his movies because he's either <laughs> fucking women or killing people. Well, one of the comments, about 20 comments down, was I met him once and and I heard it, I heard someone ask him this question and he said, well, I have a lot of kids. Hmm. So, like, that's how I he mean, picks the movies he does because he needs I to get paid and he's a working actor. But yeah. it sounds like it would be really fun to be in a movie about the most mostly... An untrue story of the invention yeah. of Pop Tarts. And it's all about who sold it to them, you know. <laughs> and, you know, I, I don't ever really fault people for picking roles, man. Play, play whatever the fuck you want. Well, and who you cares? Know? You could be a serious actor who also does crap movies. I have watched Kenneth Branagh act. Mm. I thought she was going to say Kevin Costner. No, Kenneth Branagh. I take. Sharon Sossaman. He did Shakespeare. And he did Shannon Wild Wild yeah, said, West. Sharon. Well, All right. Um, <laughs> you said so, Sharon. I said my Shannon. Back to this movie. Lydia's coworker Sharon. comes back and she informs him that nope, Scrimshaw has been the legal counsel to at least four major mobsters. Which he, four? They don't say. God, be like He's a fund administrator on team pensions. And Teamsters pensions, and uh, he's rumored to be involved in black market arms dealing, dealing, but he has never been caught or prosecuted. And she's like, "Wow!" Is she's like, "Is he dangerous?" And the guy says, "They say he keeps Jimmy Hoffa's wristwatch in his desk drawer." As That'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. What if he wore a shitty watch? Jimmy Hoffa yeah. still his. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to prove it. Well, I don't think he anybody could a, just yeah, keep yeah. A, a watch. Like it's Jimmy yeah. Hoffa's. No, it's not. Sure, prove me wrong. <laughs> well, here's a fun fact. Uh, J H. Or not some fun fact. Here's a fact. You ever look up those things like interesting facts that happened on your birthday? Mm-hmm. Um, on not the year I was born, but my birthday, July thirtieth, is the last time Jimmy Hoffa was seen. Was Write on that July thirtieth. So we don't forget when our mm-hmm. <laughs> I did not know that. It's just one of those things that showed up on a list of things that happened on this date, which I thought was kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad you're able to remember now after, you know, 23 years of marriage. We have not been married 23 years. <laughs> when my birthday is. We have 15 more days to be married 23 years. <laughs> I was going to say, your anniversary is very near. I have two weeks. <laughs> And if I keep saying things like that, we may not make it. <laughs> Perhaps you need to buy me another present. Uh-oh. I didn't buy you one present to begin oh. with. Ooh. Well, shots fired. I spent quite a bit of money on your present. Oh, snap. Pack your bags. Go on a guilt trip. Shopping. If he doesn't like it and returns it, he'll be mad at how much I spent. Where'd you get it from? 
I cannot She's tell not you. telling. You are historically bad at keeping secrets of what my presents are. Like, remember the time you're like, well, the chair that I got him, fuck! It was literally oh, sitting yeah, on the that. floor of this room behind him the last time we podcasted, and he didn't know us. It's because I don't snoop. Except for the time you got the big watch winder that said watch winder on the side. (laughs) (laughs) That was awesome. (laughs) Say, what'd you get? Put that that was a gift. (laughs) I was so angry. (laughs) You do have to say, I wonder what this is. (laughs) Now, because I know that you guys used to do this, what is the gift at 23 years? There isn't one. Ah! It stops at 20. That's why this year was such a pain in the butt. I think there's one for 25, but there's nothing after Yeah, 20. after 20, it goes every five years. Otherwise, you run out of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like 30, it's zinc. And then after, <laughs> and after 40, it goes every 10 years. Oh, Jesus. Which, I might not make it to, four, to 50. <laughs> Give me 41 like, or 42. I feel like they should do 1, 5, 10, 15, yeah. 20, 21, 22, yeah. 23. <laughs> yeah, every five. I'm struggling. Give me every five. In the beginning, you got to go long stretches, yeah. but if you've been for 50 years you should be celebrating every fucking year <laughs> every day with you is a celebration yeah thank you even two days ago when you were mad at me that was mad at you yesterday too oh, oh. snap no was it yesterday i don't know what are you asking me no it wasn't yesterday it was the day before because i asked him the same question three times and he didn't answer it so i was slightly mildly annoyed and i had an annoyed look on my face and he goes you look annoyed and i said i am annoyed he goes why are you annoyed and i told him and he was mad at me for two days <laughs> wow that seems Still like an overreaction <laughs> and i was just mildly annoyed and made a face and he was mad at me for two days he didn't tell me he loved me yesterday because he was still mad from the night before if he died i would have known he loved me (laughs) i tell him i love him every day i'm sorry who's talking lydia and jack flirt oh because she comes out of the bat or jack comes out of the bathroom in tucker's clothes which reminds lydia of the first time her and tuck met way too hard and then they start to flirt. Like, does she think he is Jack? I don't know what her problem is. He is tough. There's some weirdness between Lydia yes. and Jack. There's some blurred lines happening yeah. between them. Um, now I want to hear the song, but Blurred Lines. She almost goes to kiss him. Because yeah. suddenly what? she finds you the jacket in, this in place. the jacket that doesn't fit. Yeah. Yeah, this makes and, no sense. Um, but then the cowboy leaves, so they have to, leave, so they have to head out because they need to follow him. Um, and they follow him to the Infernal Club, which is a club he always goes to every time he's in town. And for a high-tech fence, he's oblivious to everything going on around him. He's mm-hmm. just like, yeah, people follow me. People, She comes up to my room and then leaves. You know, none of this has anything to do with anything. But just um, selling stolen electric. So then he gets in here. Dun, 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 that was funny. <laughs> At this club, though, Wendy is there and she spots Jack. And, and that she's... is a crimp a job on her. Yeah, it was. So we were like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> so good. My sister used to cramp, crimp her hair. I crimped my hair, too, but. Thought she was going to have a, a clear uh, phone and a swatch on or something. <laughs> No, she had the hamburger phone. Yeah, the hamburger phone. I'm wearing a swatch. She is wearing a swatch, technically. Um, But Wendy spots Jack and is super intrigued. Why is Jack here? Jack isn't cool enough to even know about this club. But so she she follows him, 
So Lydia goes inside and Jack's like, I have to go with her. And Wendy's like, I'm with them. And they go inside. Was she not able to get in? I know, that's, that's exactly what I said. That's how Carly, did Lydia get I in? I said, Lydia got in, so Meg Ryan's getting in. I don't know if Martin Short's getting in, yeah, like, but they're letting Meg in? Ryan in. Yeah, well, they're right? letting Wendy in. That's not Meg Ryan. Lydia no, no, is but, Meg Ryan. Well, I mean, yeah, you know, but, not but, Lydia, the other but, girl, yes, the Burbs Yeah. Why are they letting him yeah. just follow her? Is there some kind of, like, she, Wendy makes it seem like she couldn't get in, which, okay. But how does he get, yeah. like, it's, it's really something weird. A little weird. Um... But Lydia finds the cowboy and says, hello, cowboy. And they cut a rug. What if, to make all this work out, uh, earlier in the movie, they would have he would have changed Martin Short's face to Dennis, uh, what's his name's face? And he would have had to play him the whole time. To Tuck. I feel like the the difference in their statures would have been, but really weird What is the advantage then some of this wouldn't be as weird where he's, she wants to kiss him and Dennis no, well, Wade could get into a club over Martin Short, I imagine. That's true, but what would be the advantage for him to be Tuck? Because then yeah. they would think that he was deminiaturized? Well, I don't know if they know what Tuck looks like. Well, I mean, they... They do know what Martin looks like, though. They know well, that if he's I really small, it's probably tough. that at some point, Mr. Iago broke into his apartment because that guy seems like he might be thorough. And yeah. he does have pictures of himself in there. Yeah, okay. He could have made it look like they somebody else, though, when name, he realized everybody was looking for them. You know? <laughs> well, it's something they could have utilized, I think, a little more. But the whole the my big problem with this is the Meg Ryan stuff doesn't make any sense to me. Well, she also... At all. All right, it's been two months. She's lonely. She's pregnant. She's hormonal. Mm-hmm. Also, when do you start showing when you're pregnant? Because she's like two months pregnant. She's not showing at all. And no, then she, she wouldn't. If she it's her first all. baby, it could be like six, six months. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. If it's your first baby, it I takes a long how time. The human no. woman reproduction thing. So is. now, if it's your third baby, you, you might show works. early. But at no. two months, Let your baby you. is like. This big. <laughs> no, no, because Quaid's hanging out no. with this got fingers and eyes and he's talking to him and she's no, doing think, little dances in I the room. I think she's probably at this point about four months along because we'll get to I think that the reason, like, it's, she left him because, one of the reasons she was so sad she can't be with him right now is because she knows she's going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. So I think she's at least a month along when she breaks up with him in the beginning and then two months passes. So I think she's probably three to four months I, along right now. I would right say now. four more than three because many, many women don't know they're pregnant at one month. But I want I think she's probably about four. But here's the thing, Tony. Um, your skin has to stretch in order for yeah. you to show. So you really don't start stretching until the baby grows to yeah. a certain size. I, mean, I know that. And the just... first baby, it takes longer but know, once but your skin has stretched out the there, reason, the, the subsequent babies, it happens faster. Because your skin has already been stretched out, so you it just you start showing sooner. Okay. Because your body is able to stretch easier. So, you know, at this size, the yeah, the baby is like the size of this little man's head. It's not very big. Okay. Maybe at the most like the size of a lime. <laughs> All right, good. Let me tell you how the female body works. Mm. Ah. Uh, thank God you're here to me. To explain how the human body works, the female so, body works, if I especially tell you, when it comes to pregnancy. Only one person in this room has ever been pregnant. <laughs> it's not Tony. <laughs> Burrito babies don't count. <laughs> All right, so 
Lydia cuts a rug with the cowboy while Jack dances with Wendy. Lydia, by talking to the cowboy, finds out that he is meeting with Scrimshaw in the morning at the hotel. She then goes to talk to Jack and tells him that she has found out this information and that he should follow her back to the hotel. Jack blows off Wendy to follow Lydia and the cowboy back to the hotel. In the car, Jack and Tuck are arguing because Jack thinks that Tuck has treated Lydia like shit and does not deserve Lydia and also doesn't want Lydia going upstairs into the cowboy's hotel room with this scuzzy cowboy which, guy just to get a story. Which, to be fair, he does kind of treat Lydia like shit. Yes. That's not his business. No. And yep. it is dangerous that she's doing that. Yes. So Yeah. <laughs> I feel like... Jack is legit. He has reason to feel these feelings, but he also is awful attached to this woman he's only known for eight hours. Yeah, if that. Because the time frame is like from. It's the same day. Yeah. Yeah, they have until tomorrow. Like, what time was he at the mall? 2 p.m., maybe? Yeah. Today. And and he has until 9 a.m.? Like, it's the same days. But Jack is very concerned with Lydia being with the cowboy. And. Tuck tells Jack he... go down really easy. Mm-hmm. Too that's, easy. That's, yeah. <laughs> Tuck tells... Yeah, you're already done. Tuck tells Jack that he's been stimulating his adrenal gland, and that is why he's so angry. And they go to the cowboy's room, and Jack bursts into the cowboy's room to stop Lydia from sleeping with the cowboy, I guess, and punches the cowboy out. And then Lydia comes up, and she's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I'm stopping... I'm... I'm Stopping you from being with the cowboy. And she's like, I was waiting for you next door. <laughs> I was yeah, not with the cowboy. the cowboy. But the cowboy, they tie him up. And they put him in his bathtub. And then Tuck has an idea. He's going to stimulate Jack's nerves using electro pulses to change his features into the cowboys. Now, this is an inspired idea. <laughs> but again... Why? What was this going to do for what, the rabbit? What is this technology that he had? Why, why, yeah, what, what was the point of this? Ex- it was going to make the rabbit look like a hare. Was the whole point? <laughs> so we, I mean, you think that the point of the experiment is miniaturization, which would be like cool with transportation and all this other stuff. But what if the real point of the miniaturization was espionage? <laughs> to change people's facial features or, so that you could pretend to in, be the president when you're not the president. Or in this remake that we're writing right now, it's originally a biotech thing. I inject you with it. We go in. We check your heart. We fix up little problems with your heart. We go mm-hmm. into your liver. We fix all the little shit in your body. It costs a billion dollars or a million dollars or whatever. But now you're in perfect health. But the government wants to steal it for espionage. Now, that's, that is great. This could be I'm listening. We could an change. altruistic altruistic medical technology. Yeah. Hey, come Instead on in. Instead of having a colonoscopy, we just yeah. put tuck in you for an hour? Yeah, come in, here, come in here, we'll change your face however you want to do it. You we'll clean out all your... Right yeah, out. <laughs> perfect person to be the lead. Oh, shit, who? Brie Larson. People Why? Like she's she's, she's the first female I'm sorry, it's the poots. <laughs> Daisy Ridley. Ridley Daisy. Daisy Ridley. Yeah, her. Ridley Why would Daisy. you pick... Brie Larson He's over being the a joke. I know if we're is. planning a movie, we are obviously having Imogen Poots star in If I'm movie. having any actor, I'm casting an actress in anything, my heart roots for the Poots. <laughs> 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 for a second, he was going to be Scarlett Johansson. I was going to be like, no, because then I'd get shot when I point my cigarette lighter at her. No, 
Back Scarlett up Johansson off my cooler. Pilot, but Ryan Reynolds is the person that get, he gets stuck in. She gets stuck in. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> I'd watch that movie. And then she starts fucking with them. Like she they could remake this movie so many times. Oh, yeah, they really could. could. be a really good remake. <laughs> good God. All Someone right, get so, those assholes on phone. Now, for some reason. Be in her space. Okay. <gasps> I don't need In her space. Copyright this. In her space. TM, TM, TM. Her space. Get it? TM, TM, TM. Boom. We're going to be rich. In her space. Okay, we got it. As long as Disney doesn't buy it. Write down the star date. The star date? (laughs) Captain's Log? The star date. So when this movie comes out three years from now, we can use this as evidence in our trial. Uh, February 1st, 2024. I used to want the magic now they know when we <laughs> I don't care maybe worth it in her space but you didn't say captain's luck so I don't like Star Trek he hates Star Trek Star State 0201204 I don't like Star Wars <laughs> what? I don't like Star Wars either you know, nobody cares about that <laughs> Not on this podcast. It's known facts. He's a battle star. If one more fan. person asks me if I know who the lions are, though, I'm gonna explode. The lions. <laughs> oh, the, the food football team. So like, this time of year, guys talking about um, Super Bowl and like, oh, everything's gonna win. I'm like, who's in it? And I keep getting the same. How do you not know? I'm like, because I don't give a flying fuck about football. <laughs> I'm only watching it for Taylor Swift. Get out. Well, her boyfriend is, is in it. No <laughs> no, I she, saw a thing. She's, I think today she's fucking one of the players. That say, "Hey, Dad! Every time you get mad because you see sixty seconds of Taylor Swift cheering on her boyfriend, uh, you tell your little you, your daughters are watching and they can hear you get pissed off about it. And you're telling <laughs> them that they're unimportant, mm-hmm. which I thought was intriguing. No, but also, who cares? No, it's not that um, girls are unimportant. It's that they Taylor Swift has nothing to do with the football game. Yeah, but, but she's bringing people to. But watch. she's making people actually. Watch my them. boss they told do- me that she started watching them because she wants to see what coat Taylor Swift is wearing at she's that a game. Very famous person. <laughs> really? yes. yes, Taylor Swift. No, I got it because <laughs> I, I was. People think Beyonce is the most beloved singer of our time. Mm. Uh uh-uh. uh, it's Taylor fucking Swift. She is Prince. She's Michael fucking Jackson. She's Taylor Swift. She is not Prince. She's the Beatles. No, no. She's like a human being. You no, know, I said that to alien. my dad. Yeah, true. Because my dad is one of the people that is like, why the fuck are we talking about her? She doesn't have anything to do with football. And I said, Dad, the NFL is a business who wants people to watch. Yeah. People are watching because of her. That's and amazing. it's like, and I had to say, he was like, she's not that famous. I was like, Dad, she's like the Beatles. People are paying thousands of dollars to go to her oh, concerts. Yeah. She is like the Beatles. She is like the Beatles. And if the Beatles were showing up at games, you would have watched them if you didn't give a shit about football. <laughs> she made I would a now because John Lennon's been dead for she a while. She made a movie. <laughs> It'd be cool. She made a concert movie that was only available one day, like one day a week in movie theaters and made a fucking billion dollars. <laughs> well, I know she. There's a big rumor that she's going to be in Deadpool three, and people are like, "Oh, that's so fucking stupid." I was like, "No, that's Ryan Reynolds is a. You can say whatever you want about the dude. He's a fucking genius when it comes to money, and he's smart as shit putting her in there because he will make that movie will make a billion dollars just because." My she's biggest in problem with Taylor Swift is she gets on her high horse talking about this she's person and that rookie. person's like, "You've been rich your she's, entire she's life." She's very disconnected. Shut, Shut up, you about. bitch. That's but every, she that's is still not necessarily a bitch. She's just. 
a famous no, person she's a bitch. very rich. Like anybody, like her biz- as a business person, she's fucking ruthless. She's a famous person who's very rich. Most very There's rich no people are that- fucking yes. ruthless business people. I mean, <laughs> that's how they get rich. Exactly, Carly nailed it. Like really nice people aren't rich. But you- she's a billionaire. But she that doesn't is, mean she's a bitch. Oh, no, 100%. It just means that she's a ruthless business person. That doesn't mean that she's a bitch. Yeah, just like Donald Trump. Bitch. He's a real bitch when it comes to it. Who was it? Was it John Mulaney who said somebody asked him what it was like working with uh, like Mick Jagger or something on SNL? And he was like, I mean, here's the thing. Maybe he's not an asshole, but if he has snapped his fingers and said, give me a Coke, and a Coke appeared in his hand for 20 years, then he has this... Yeah entitlement that everybody's going to do what he says all the time and that's that that doesn't mean he's a douchebag but it means to regular people we're all like whoa (laughs) she's living a completely different life experience it doesn't it doesn't mean anything she grew up rich she became famous because her daddy wanted it and she's not saying she's not talented she's very talented but (laughs) i mean it's just not anything to get worked up about anyways this doesn't have anything to do with anything. Well, but what you gotta shake. All right, everybody, 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 <laughs> shake it off. Just shake it off. You got to. So Tuck's idea works. He simulates the nerves in Jack's face, which apparently is quite painful, and he changes his features yeah. so that now he looks like the cowboy, but it doesn't affect his hair at all. Yeah. The cowboy who regains consciousness during this gets so freaked out he again passes out. Like you would. So then Jack comes out of the bathroom, and Lydia is freaked out and wants to know what he did with Jack. And he's like, no, I am Jack. And she's like, no, you are not. Because <coughs> he's clearly the cowboy. And how did you do that to your hair, cowboy that had a black afro five minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> um, but he convinces her to go, that he's Jack, and to go check. And she looks in the bathroom, and she sees the cowboy in the dub. And she's very confused. And she wants to know how it happened. Now, this is when you tell her yes. that Tucker has been shrunk. And that he used the shrinking technology to stimulate the nerves in his face to make him look. There's no reason not to tell her. There's so many times where you should tell her this information. Why aren't you telling her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Why is she? Point and she's like, how did you do that? And he says, it wasn't easy. <laughs> and that's just good enough? He's not lying. But but this isn't enough information. Like, there's no way that, this is a, that she wouldn't hound him until he broke. He, I mean, she is an investigative reporter. She's going to hound him. Yeah. That's her job. He's not a gentleman with a strong personality, really. I mean, he's getting he's finding his inner tough guy, let's be fair. His name is Tuck and in a little pod, but like <laughs> she's gonna break him. He will have broken here. But so now it's time for the meeting with Scrimshaw, because this is taking all night. And Lydia says that she's coming, and he's like, no, it's too dangerous. And she's like, no, I am coming. Uh, uh, Tuck always said that he got to do the things that I could only write about, and now I'm going to do them too. And, you know, he folds like a wet blanket Mm -hmm. or like a cheap lawn chair because he's easy to break. So they go to the meeting with Scrimshaw. Um, Both Margaret and Scrimshaw have met the cowboy before, and they instantly notice that there has been some changes. Like, (laughs) what did you do with your hair? Yeah. And also, you're shorter. Yeah. Martin Short is not a tall man. <laughs> it's not a, one of those ironical names. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, Short. There is, How tall is Martin Short? Let's see. 
Oh, I forgot. <laughs> he's like five foot two or some weird shit. I'll say he's five four. Maybe he's six ten, he and we just have no idea. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, Maybe Dennis Quaid's so. just really tall. Who the hell knows? <laughs> Dennis Quaid might be really. You, I need you to. I need to know exactly how tall Martin Short is and how tall Dennis Quaid is because I'm very curious. Um, I forgot to mention that uh, five foot eight. Okay, short my height. So he is the average height for a man in the eighties. Hmm. Um, I forgot to mention that Lydia put like a recording device a fake tooth in his mouth to make i guess to record their conversations or something we don't explain why he gets a fake tooth Dennis but Quaid i'm assuming it's foot. some kind of spy thing mm-hmm. all right and so Sorry. they go to the dinner uh, or to the breakfast and there's some shenanigans and they tell the cowboy that Ryan they only have six one three for those keeping score at home margaret right. explains about miniaturization that they that you need one chip to shrink but in order to re-enlarge you need both chips Meanwhile, and they only have breakfast. the one chip all right all Last lydia one. knows taylor is swift that... is 511 so weird shit tall. is going on with jack and that tuck is missing okay. yes. not missing but he being held somewhere and then this whole breakfast is all about miniaturization and she doesn't go what the fuck are we talking about what does this have to do with tuck? <laughs> she doesn't seem she's like she's paying like close she enough attention to what's happening why she's here <laughs> Um, but they tell him that they'll have the other one soon. And he says he'll take the chip. And, you know, they'll take the chip down. We can get started with one chip. We don't and, need them both right now. And they're like, "Are you?" but you do understand that you need both chips. And he's like, yes. But when he's doing this, the little tooth falls out. And Lydia actually grabs it off him, which is super weird. And this makes Grimshaw suspicious. So she asks it. So he asks Lydia if the cowboy has told her about his incredible pain tolerance, and Iago pulls out a blowtorch hand <laughs> and goes to set Jack on fire. This, this spikes fire. Jack's fire. adrenaline, and Tuck cannot maintain the facial adjustments anymore, and he reveals himself to be Jack. And Scrimshaw goes, "It's butter." And um, no, it's Mihoff. Jack grabs the chip and tries to run, but immediately gets caught. And the chip is accidentally dropped into Scrimshaw's dog's breakfast, so they have to dig through dog food, which I suppo- suppose was supposed to be a funny gag, but really was not that funny. Yeah. No, it wasn't. So they get locked up in a cellar, and Lydia demands to know the whole truth and nothing, well, nothing but, but the, the truth. truth. <laughs> So Jack finally comes clean, and she doesn't believe it at all, even though she just <laughs> was at a breakfast where the whole conversation was about miniaturization yep. and how they have one chip, but she they need the second chip. She literally watched him switch faces. Yes. Yes. But this is too unbelievable. No. So then, no way. So then Tuck tells her something that only he would know, which is not good enough information. I didn't break my toe. I broke my heart. Like... It should have been, I guess this is something that we saw happen so that we know, yeah. but it should have been something more personal. You have yeah. a birthmark shaped like Africa on your left butt cheek. Like, something like and that. the first time I saw it, I said this. Yes. You know? But she finally believes, and then she kisses Jack. Because... And Tony and I are like, what? What? <laughs> Did she have a Demi Moore in Ghost minute? <laughs> she <laughs> believed that Whoopi had become Patrick Swayze? <laughs> Yeah, I was like, it was 
No. So strange. <laughs> but even if she was overwhelmed and kissed him because she thought he was Tuck, then Jack asked Tuck for a few moments of privacy to disconnect all the hearing and all the sounds, and Tuck, for whatever reason, does it. Which you would just say you would do it, but you wouldn't actually do no, it. You wouldn't. But he you disengages might cover your everything. Ears and close your eyes, but you're not disconnecting anything. And then once he has privacy, Jack says, "I really don't know what to say." And then she says, "They're coming." And then he kisses her like, "This is a kiss." Who knew Martin Short could lay one on you like that? And then we go but, into their mouths, and apparently, oh. <laughs> apparently, he took a big swig of water, and they just spit it right into her mouth. And the, and the funny part is, I'm sitting there watching with Carly, and she goes, what just happened? I said, Carly, you know when we kiss, and I just dump all my saliva down your throat, and you dump all your saliva down, you know, like when you kiss? I said, that happened. So they, he, the, the thing went, and she's like, Wait. yeah, really, what the <laughs> fuck happened? All right. Not only that, but so where was, so Tuck disengaged and ended up in the saliva gland? Sure. <laughs> or wherever saliva, however saliva is well, excreted? we see when he's in her that he can move yeah, around your whole oh, body yeah. within seconds. Yeah. He's in the <laughs> oh, we'll get there. But Tuck gets transferred from Jack to Lydia. All sure. Right, so then they're taken to Dr. Margaret's lab. All right, so they separate them. Lydia gets put in office with a guard, and um, Jack is strapped to a table because they are going to use the chip they have to shrink Mr. Igo. And Mr. Igo has a very interesting suit. suit. Yeah. It's like a... Like a human sub thing. Yes. (laughs) Like a James Bond thing. Or kind of... Yeah, I don't know. It kind of looks like that robot from the black hole. The the mean one or whatever. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of the mech suit in Aliens as well. Mm. But it's like, so he's like in a scuba suit, and the scuba suit fits into this half submarine. But it's like open in the back. (laughs) So it's weird, because it's not like a fully enclosed pod. But anyway, so they're going to shrink him, and they're going to inject him into Jack. Really? And then he will go and find Tuck's pod, eliminate him, and get the second chip. And then he will take the second chip and... Emerge via a tear duct, a tear duct or, a or, or a sweat gland, and then they can enlarge him. So um, then, Snowshaw's uh, like, "Why don't we just enlarge him once he kills him? It has the chip." Yeah. And she goes, "Well, that's gonna be a big fucking mess." Yeah. yeah she's <laughs> how messy that would be. She's not concerned that he would die. She's just concerned that she would have to clean up brains. I mean, I mean, we see this this villain's lair lab, and it is pristine. <laughs> yeah, and she was very dismissive of Ozzy's lab as a hunk of junk. Yes. I mean, it was comparatively. You know. This lab looks kind of like the TV room in Willy Wonka. <laughs> uh, so, meanwhile, Lydia is in this room with a guard, and she uh, goes into her purse, and the guard's like, hey, hey, hey. She's like, just going for gum. But, haha, it was a trap. She turned on her taser so that when the guard checked her purse, he electrocuted himself via taser. Sure. Um, she then finds a phone and calls her coworker and tells him her precise location to call the cops, to call Vectorscope, and tell them that she has Tuck, and then to look at her Rolodex and call Pete. What's a Rolodex? It's a watch. It's a little thing on your desk. So you know, you know how all your contacts are now stored electronically in your phone? Well, a Rolodex was a little flip card thing where you wrote everybody's information on. Or you stuck put them in alphabetical order. So that you could find people's information when you want to call them. But we don't use those anymore. 
No, it's so much easier just to be Actually, like, Actually, we have time. one at work. <laughs> really? Yes, because every time we get a business card from somebody like the, uh, the, uh, the, what is it? The fire, the fire inspector or whatever. Yeah, you could convert those we, to digital. We put them in the Rolodex. Mm. You could just write down the contact information in your phone so you'll have it. I don't keep work stuff on my personal cell phone because then I have work stuff on my personal cell phone. I take business cards and I take a push pin and I put them on my cork board. I got about 17. I make a um, like roster every year of all the people who are working in my like speech OT, all the support people. And then, like, my students and their parents and their email addresses and their There's phone lots of companies that still use lots of old school. But it just hangs text. next to the phone because I'm not calling anybody That's from right. my Send cell phone. Facts. Nobody has my phone. Once, once I email you, though, your email and information is in my email account if I need to reference it. <laughs> Let's All finish right. this up now. We're almost there. So, Lydia then grabs the guard's gun and goes to find Jack. Um... This is when Tuck realizes that he is in Lydia because he's been driving around trying to figure out where he was. And he finds a place. Where previously (laughs) his navigation system just sends him where he needs to go. And he finds a baby. And this is when he realizes, oh, that's why Lydia broke up with me. Because she thought I was an unreliable dad. She's right. She is correct. Not, how did I get in Lydia? Yeah, he's not confused about <laughs> The only way I could think he got in Lydia is not the way that he would want him to get in Lydia. He's going to blast her with something to get into her. They didn't have enough time to have sex. I mean. <laughs> but he definitely doesn't want. He had want, enough time to switch his face. He definitely doesn't want Jack kissing Lydia either. Um, yeah, that never comes back up either. Um, and he they kiss on the mouth at the wedding too. <laughs> yeah, All right, so. Iago is, Mr. Igo is miniaturized, he's put in Jack, and then Jack tries to escape, but is unsuccessful because he's a weak man and he's strapped to a table. But Lydia comes in with a gun, fires it at the ceiling, and is like, release that man. So they do. You're like, okay. <laughs> because none of them have guns in here. And they're kind of wussy. And at one point, Jack just kind of runs through them, mm. and none of them grab him. <laughs> so Jack and Lydia force all of them into the miniaturizer Mm -hmm. and then they start pressing buttons trying to get the chip the chip out but and but this causes the miniaturizer door to shut so now they're trapped in this chamber in the floor question mark (laughs) and then um and margaret's like they'll never close the door and then close the door and she's like don't worry they'll never figure out how to turn it on and they do and they start pressing all these buttons and it turns the machine on Shrinking them at 50%. <laughs> um, then they finally get the chip. So, um, at this, so Tuck now pilots himself to Lydia's ear. Mm-hmm. Um, Lydia and Jack get out of here. They're going to make their escape. Um, they see a guard that tries to trap them in the stairwell. And then Jack goes, don't worry, Tuck will give me the strength of a thousand men and attacks the guard. And right here is when Tuck reaches Lydia's ear and he starts playing Cupid by Sam Cooke and then she's like do you hear that I hear music and then she realizes Tuck's in me I have Tuck Mm -hmm. and the um uh, she tells Jack that Tuck isn't her that she hears music and he's like that means that uh I attack that dude dude." and then the dude gets up and he's like well I gotta do it again so he attacks that dude and they run out and they get into a car now 
A guard finds Margaret and Scrimshaw, or a guard goes into the miniaturization room, finds Margaret, Scrimshaw, and the rest of the techs in the miniaturization machine, and he lets them out. The police are also here now with that guard because the coworker called the police. Yes. And they're like, who called the police? <laughs> but miniature Margaret and miniature Scrimshaw run to the car and they hide hide in it before these together they get to while they're while lydia and jack are scuffling in the stairwell with this guard they sneak into this car and they climb in the back seat and then jack and lydia get in the car and lydia's like and they're trying to figure out how tuck got into her and out of jack and they backtrack and they realize which instantly it should have been when i well i told him to disconnect so that i could kiss you and he wouldn't see and like there's they don't need to connect these dots, but it takes no. them too long for... And Lydia is the one that realizes, well, you kissed me. So then she kisses him back. And then the power of this suction kiss pulls Jack out, or Tuck out of Lydia into Jack. How did he get back up in her saliva? He was just in her ear. Yeah. He was just in her he ear. He was in her womb, and then he was in her ear, and now suddenly he's in her saliva. Like, what? he can just... These super powerful <laughs> thrusters that are on this pod have got to be doing internal I mean, damage. I know ears, nose, and throat are all connected. <laughs> all right. As ears, nose, ears, nose, and wound. They had to vector scope. <laughs> and ears, as they pull guy. out of this building, they pass Pete. And he goes, Lydia! <laughs> and he flips a bitch and follows them, too. So, Jack warns... So, tucks back. And he's like, oh, yay! I can hear you again, blah, blah, blah. And then Jack tells Tuck what happened and warns him that they put another little man inside him to come and get him and to be on the lookout. So then Scrimshaw and Margaret attack for the back seat. And it is little people versus it big people. It is weird. Bananas. This scene is both terrible and Terrifying. Because <laughs> you, you watch this and you're like, this is fucking terrible. But you got some balls on you trying to do this scene, and, and they did it. So kudos to them, man. And look, little Scrimshaw is not pulling any punches. No, he not. is all up in there. He is very angry, too. <laughs> right. While this is happening, Iago finds Tuck's pod and starts to damage it. Chuck fights back. Um, so there is this wild car scene with Iago, with Mr. Igo and Tuck fighting inside of Jack and Jack and Lydia and Margaret and Scrimshaw fighting in the car, which culminates when Jack drives the car onto a beach, which shakes Margaret and Scrimshaw loose from them. And they're able to get out of the car. When they get out of the car, Pete pulls up and yells, Lydia, and they get into Pete's car and they take off for vector scope. Now, <laughs> Tuck, uh, during the fight with Mr. Igo, Tuck is able to damage his transport. But then Mr. Igo ejects out of his transport and somehow he has a jetpack? Question mark. <laughs> and he attacks again. And. His attack has damaged Tuck's thruster, and his pod kind of falls off. They're in... They're in... I don't know where they are. They're in Jack's esophagus, <laughs> because he swallowed Lydia's spit, which had Tuck oh, in Oh, okay. <laughs> this is the only time his placement in the human body makes sense. Because <laughs> he's still in the esophagus. Except but for he, the butt at the very beginning, when but we see due the to the fight, <laughs> he loses... 
like the little hooks that he has holding him onto the esophageal wall loosen and they fall and they're in the the or esophagus. Well, no, they they land like in the sphincter that is the opening to your stomach. I don't know what that is called. <laughs> I know it's like it's a sphincter valve, but I don't it's know where what the that, pork the chop stuff. Yes. yes. <laughs> so they're in pork chop alley. <laughs> Tuck is able to grab onto the side of the the stomach wall, and but. Mr. Igo is right on his windshield and has a drill and is drilling a hole in the windshield, which seems like wouldn't that depressurize the thing and make it explode? Because I thought that was bad. Yeah. But he is definitely trying to kill Tuck. Um, so Tuck sees all the stomach acid and is like, ew, but then realizes that he needs more stomach acid. Now, I thought... He needed the stomach acid to like spark up and hit Mr. Igo and get and fall him off the pod, but that is not what happens. So <laughs> he tells Jack that he needs more stomach acid, and Jack is like, "Well, I'm actually calmed down because he put his head in Lydia's lap and his feet up, and he did his hyperventilation mm-hmm. thing." But Jack, but Jack is like, "No, no, I need you freaked out." So I think I might have saw a tumor, Mm-mm. which of course Jack is a hypochondriac. So that gets his ulcer going. And so now we see all the stomach acid all over. And this is what I thought, like, the water, the stomach acid would hit them and knock off Iago. No, he then lets go and detaches, and they drop directly into the stomach. There was enough stomach acid before. We yeah. did not need more no, stomach acid. No, you're right. We didn't. Maybe I guess have. now there's no escape. So he couldn't fly above it with his jetpack. Maybe pack. they couldn't get a good shot. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's it. much more, in, it's a cooler visual yeah. with all this stomach acid splurting all over the place like lava out of a volcano. What's magma? <laughs> but Magma's magma. When it's in the earth. Uh, we'll watch the movie Volcano does. Volcano. So, times. What's magma? But we then see the little dissolves, and he uh, dissolves quick. Yeah. Because we see the skeleton. Like, it ate through his suit. Yeah. That suit was not strong enough. <laughs> it was strong enough to go around the inside of your body, but not to make it through stomach acid. I guess, uh, well, stomach acid is pretty yes. potent. But, um, and I guess they never thought you would end up in the stomach. So then Tom <laughs> says, Jack, it worked. You just digested the bad guy. Which, it's so freaked out, Jack, earlier in the movie, the fact that there might be a little dead guy in a pod. And, and now, now there's he just guy. ate a man. And that dude's pod. He's a cannibal. in his body still. He's a cannibal. He ate a man. <laughs> That's going to stay with you your whole life. Did he eat a man? Yes. He digested a man. He digested it. He didn't eat him. He digested him. He didn't masticate Well, luckily for him. Later. He's not exactly the same guy he was no. at the beginning of the But, movie. all right. So he, he technically, I'm going to argue he did not eat him. Okay, we flash. To eat him, he has to go through the mouth and through the esophagus we, into the small intestines. It did not do this. He absorbed his nutrients. He, but he didn't eat him. So, but did he get his man? Did he absorb his soul? Because you know, like when, like there's an ancient belief that he, if you ate the bodies of your enemies, you would absorb their power. So well, there was a chicken that was my enemy. Power? I ate him for lunch, and I absorbed his power. You're not, you're not so around. while this happens, we then get a shot of Tiny Victor and well, Minnie Scrimshaw and Minnie Margaret. They get to a payphone. Um. And they don't have any change, but Margaret says, use your credit card. And I was like, you couldn't do that. <laughs> well, you could, you could put your, your number oh. in. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, you, I never had a credit card when I used to pay phone. I always had quarters. But who do they call? <laughs> the cowboy. Here's a quarter. And tells them that they have to get those chips. All right. But Tuck is about to run out of oxygen. And he sets a course for the mouth. But, <laughs> but he can't get there. His thrusters are low on power. He's never going to make it. He gets stuck in the lung. They get to Vectorscope, and he tells Jack, I need you to sneeze, because I can't make it out. I'm too weak to to get out he of your lungs. He got from the stomach to the lungs. He got from the <laughs> fetus to the mouth in like <laughs> I thought he got, did he get to the back of the throat? We got, he's in the lungs. Okay. He's in the lungs. Did he go back? And he tells I don't Jack, understand. He tells Jack he needs him to sneeze. The only reason this happens is so that we can... It's a call the back to the hairspray. The they're in the bloodstream and they're going... Like, this is closed circuit. How, did, don't how worry did he get from her <laughs> ear to her mouth to get back in a jack? This is how I... You can't well, just go through these places. But anyways, we just, it's just so that we and can use the hairspray. Once you spray. know that dude is in... That, that dude is also in jack chasing you down. How about we just keep you in her? <laughs> yeah, there's that He'll never back. find you. <laughs> yeah, but the power of love is so powerful it would have sucked them both into her. <laughs> what if I've they and, and what if their fight damaged the baby? Uh, I guess. I guess. Anyway, so <laughs> they need Jack to sneeze, and it's Jack more than a feeling. Jack asks if anybody has any hairspray, so they give him moose. <laughs> that was funny. He's like, give it to me, give it to me. And they give it to him, he sprays his hand, he goes, not moose. <laughs> like he went with it for a second. That was, that that was actually the funny. It's the 80s, so just <laughs> telling me they just have hairspray. Yeah, Hundo P, it's the 80s. Yeah. Aquanet, and so he sprays yeah. it on his face, Pink and then he sneezes right into the face of the money man. Thank God. Tuck lands on the money man's glasses and not on his face. Eight trillion miles an hour. Because mm. now he's in the money man's esophagus and the dude's like I think I see it <laughs> but one of the techs gets the microscope finds Tuck they get at some tweezers they put him on a card and then they start the re-enlargement process they re-enlarge him and Tuck is saved just in the nick of time he comes out he tells Lydia he loves him and then he hugs Jack and everything is happy hunky dory yay the next we see Tuck and Lydia get married. Is this tomorrow? That's, that's what we that's said. That's what I was worried about. She is very thin. In awful dress. fast. She's still not showing. The this. the others are still mini. Yeah. <laughs> the okay. cowboy is still in town. Well, of course they're still mini because they don't have both chips. But this is awful fast to get a wedding together. Yes. Because they have bridesmaids and matching dresses. There are flower girls. It's a big church. Yeah. They like they put this wedding this together. Is not a small fast. He has the chips for cufflinks. The microchips. Okay, so they get married. Jack is the best man. Tuck thanks him for giving him, them the cruise. Here's the other thing. Jack gives them his cruise tickets. Oh, yeah. And, and they he was supposed vacation. to go that like the next week. So this yeah. is like <laughs> So this is a really fast it's like wedding. like the next day. That's Talk really about nice. a shot. And they get in the limo. When they get in the limo, Tuck tells Lydia that no one even recognizes his cufflinks. And there are the chips. So he stole this technology from Vectorscope? What do you think those chips are worth? Billions? Who are you giving them to? You know, it's it's just like anything. And then we see the limo driver put a suitcase in the trunk. The limo driver is the cowboy. And he puts Minnie Scrimshaw and Margaret in the trunk because they're in the suitcase. Who, ironically, he could sell it. And the cowboy tells them he's wearing the chips as cufflinks. So the only person that saw that he was wearing the chips as cufflinks is the cowboy. And somehow, nobody, right, I mean, I guess. Well, 
he but then, and Jack and Lydia all should have seen that dude and known it was the cowboy. There's, well, no, but Jack and Lydia get in the they're car before they see the driver. And they this is their big wedding day that they put together in three days. Partition so, you know. Um, <laughs> but Jack, Jack sees him and then realizes that it is the cowboy. And he's like, what do I do? And then his doctor and Wendy, who he took as a date to this wedding. And his boss is there. And his boss. Everybody who's in the movie is there. (laughs) And his doctor is like, you know what? I think I have some new treatments planned for you. Wendy tells him, I think maybe we could date as long as we're not exclusive. And doctor and his boss says, and this cracks me up. Jack, since you're not going on this cruise, I sure could use you at the store on Monday. So then Jack tells his doctor he's cured, Wendy, that he's not a chance, and Mr. Wormwood, I quit. And then Jack jumps in um, Tuck's car and chases after the limo. Cutscene credits the end. Bananas. Yes. As Carly would say. Tony, why don't you go first? Because it's your birthday. I don't want anybody to steal all your good stuff. There's good stuff in here? Mm-hmm. My favorite character is Jack. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character is Tuck. Aww. My favorite line is, somebody help me, I'm possessed. My favorite scene is tough because there's not a lot of like, there's not a lot of scenes that are like, oh man, this is cool. I liked all the scenes where the ship is moving through his body because it did a really good job. Yeah, it looks the, really good. The effects good. are great. Even now, see. it still looks pretty good. Yeah. There's only a couple of scenes where I was like, that's eh, a little shady. I think it definitely deserved the Oscar it got. Um, and my favorite tertiary objects were uh, the cowboy snakeskin boots. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I gave this movie, whatever. It's okay. I really want us to re- do a remake of it. Because <laughs> I think there's there's like definitely some stuff you could exploit here and make a. But like we said in Mannequin, and we had a lot of good ideas for that one too. Yeah, Hollywood. Probably not gonna happen. But we don't know anybody who is even tangentially related to the movie business. Well, Tony kind of does. Tony has family members that are in movies. Maybe if Tony gets more famous over the next five years as an author, we have a shot. We, we will bring these ideas back to the fore. Yeah. I'll bring you all to Netflix with me and we'll go, we got this idea. Do you remember the failed movie from 1987, Inner Space? Like, no, we're 30. I'm like, well, <laughs> it's playing on your fucking channel. Fucking... All right, John. What? This is where you give your thoughts. On what? In her space. In okay. her space. Skipping John. Carl. Okay, I'm just kidding. Oh. My favorite character. I'm gonna go with um. I really don't have a good character there. Jack. Okay. Jack, cause he's. He has an arc. He yeah he at least grows. <laughs> um, my least favorite character is Lydia. Mm-hmm. Because she's not a character. <laughs> she's not a character. <laughs> well, she is a character. Is she? I don't know. She's very wishy-washy. Like, what kind of woman's like, I hate you, and I have sex with you. And I'm like, oh, I love I you. lots of women, actually. You stole, <laughs> you stole his car. Oh, no, we're good. I really love Jack. I'm going to kiss you. I'm pregnant. All right, let's she's get married sorry, tomorrow. She's got those pregnancy hormones. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Um, my favorite line is, I'm possessed. Because it's from the trailer. Double love of that line. <laughs> it was pretty fun. My favorite tertiary object is the mall. 
Okay. Yeah. Because Maul. Checks out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought he was going to pick... I thought he played a Walkman when he turns the song on in her head. I know he, pl- he uh, plugs and moves chords. It's the mall. <laughs> and Let's go to the mall. When? Today. Today. And I've also heard two beavers are better than one. Uh, anyway. I also have heard that. Uh, it's true. And my favorite scene, I might say like that, was when um, Lydia's trying to leave and he's like, hold on, let me put on this song. And she's like, okay, I'm naked. That's your favorite scene? Because it's fucking hideous. Okay. Is it like a baby it's cold outside moment? Yeah. <laughs> and I have to name this movie because... Because um, you're Captain No Fun. I, there's a lot of movies about shrinking things, and this is the worst of them. Watch Ant-Man. Okay. I agree. You should watch Ant-Man because it's great. Carly? All right. My favorite character, also Jack. Mm-hmm. My least favorite character was Scrimshaw. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a dumb name, by the way. Yes, it's it sounds like a cartoon character. <laughs> but my favorite scene is everything that happens at the villain lab. Uh-huh. My favorite um, line is when Margaret's gonna inject Igo into Jack, and Scrimshaw's like, "Hey, what happens?" Once he gets control over the pod, and she says he will pilot the pod out through a tear duct or a sweat gland, and he says, "What? Ch- why chance that? Once he's gotten control of the pod and takes the chip, let's re-enlarge. And she goes, while it's still inside Mr. Putter? Why not? Have you any idea what kind of mess that would make? <laughs> it's an excellent point. <laughs> You're not getting that out of the, sh- out of the carpet. And No, we're not doing it. Um, and my favorite tertiary object is all the robot arms. Because I remember, all over the like, place. when I was in they elementary school, and I went to the gifted mm-hmm. academy thing, and it was like, we're going to make robot arms. Like, I never actually did one, but, like, if you were in the robotics classes in the 90s, and you were making those arms. <laughs> we were very fascinated by robotic arms. <laughs> and they're all over. And, and this is right after Terminators. Like, stop making robots. <laughs> Which is funny, because they have all kinds of robot, robotic arms in all kinds of factories. Because they work. But cheap. It and just cracked me up all the robot arms. Like I can't believe people are still buying AI. It's like what the fuck is wrong with you? And I will give it a light yay. I did not enjoy it as much as like Ant Man, but the way that it's different from the other two shrinking movies that you've done is that this all takes place inside of the Martin one Short. body. So it's it's it has this added you know Twist. It's not them trying to figure out how to get where they need to go as yeah. a small. It's it's navigating the body and it's just it has that added interest level. Scrimshaw is jewelry or antique furniture that was carved from whalebone, ivory, or shells and decorated. Mm. I thought also the scrimshaw, they like sailors would carve. It was, I think it's also used to just describe carvings that sailors did not necessarily in ivory but engravings well yeah. he said ivory yeah. whale bones yeah. or shells so <laughs> it was done by whalers mostly engraved yeah. into bone or ivory mm-hmm. comes from the british slang scrimshanker which means someone who wastes time oh this guy was a waste of space all right um my favorite character rounding it out jack i quite like martin short and i quite enjoy his He's a emotive actor, kind of like Jim Carrey, and I enjoy that. Yeah. But actually funny. My least favorite character is Margaret. 
she, is she a character? <laughs> no, and that's why she's my least favorite character. <laughs> because I would have enjoyed seeing her be more of this kind of evil doctor rather mm-hmm. than this strange sex pot. Like, yeah. they, they didn't need to be in there. There was no point for that. But they could have leaned in a little bit more into she was the evil brains behind this operation. Yeah. So I just kind of felt like they wasted. She could have made. She could have helped make it, and then they cut her out. And of she it. wasn't like a terrible actress or anything like that. Even though she's never been in anything that I'd seen, yeah. but like she was fine. But they could have leaned into it a little bit more, and I would have appreciated her character more. Yeah. Um, my favorite scene. It's kind of a tie because I like the dance party in the apartment, <laughs> and I also like the. The little people attack in the car. <laughs> so I'm kind of torn. I'm going to go 50-50. I just can't decide. Uh, my favorite line is ridiculous, and I don't think any of you guys caught it. But in the beginning, when they are shrinking Tuck, Ozzy is talking into the camera. They're going through the shrinking process. He leans over this guy's desk. And he goes, and he sees a bunch of papers, and he starts picking them up. And he goes, these should have been turned in a week ago. Do you have any other papers you should have turned in? <laughs> and it's just this funny little line. But it cracked me up so much that he's all of a sudden, they're do, they're in the middle of this big experiment, and he's worried that this guy didn't turn in his paperwork. It I just, mean, what if he had some findings that would have been pertinent before know, they shrunk just down his kind of, Just kind of cracked me up. And my favorite tertiary object is the can of moose. Because it's funny. It's a funny gag. <laughs> and I thought this movie was pretty delightful. It's not earth, It's not a great plot. It's not earth-shattering. The visuals are really good, and it's fun, and there's, there's nothing really objectionable here. I just think it's kind of delightful, and I enjoy wait, it. And I'd happily wait, wait watch it again. Remake. Yeah. Stay tuned for mm-hmm. Inner Space 2. Although there was, a, there was on IMDb an Inner Space 2. Really? It seems to have been some sort of short, and it may have been in a foreign language. Mm-hmm. Um, that from what I get, I couldn't understand that I, there was no synopsis on IMDb for what this movie was, and all the actors were, had Hispanic names and had never heard of, so it seems okay, to be anyway. some foreign short. But, um, but was connected to the original. Mm-hmm. All right. Join us next week. All right. Please find us on Facebook.com oh, yeah, slash the underappreciated movie podcast. You can email unmoviepodcast at gmail.com. What do you think about inner space? We'd like to know. And tune in next week. On the podcast. For, for John's, John's pick. pick. Hey, oh shit. <laughs> for Tony's birthday. Oh, I know this. <laughs> wow. I picked American Psycho. <laughs> Okay. Why'd you pick that? Christian Bale's in it. It's a horror. And you know that Tony loves Christian Bale. Why don't you pick something more fun like Newsies? I do like American Psycho. I know. Because this came out in two thousand. How do you spell Psycho? P S Y C H O. Thank you. What's funny is I planned on doing this for Tony's birthday a while ago, and it was on sale on Voodoo for like three bucks one day. And I was like, ooh, 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 and bought it and had been waiting. <laughs> I know you watched it not that long ago. I watched it around Christmas because it's, it's it right a Christmas movie. You it? Yes. Apparently it is Holy shit, this movie. Peacock, so we can watch it. Excellent.